welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's Sunday, the 15th of January. We both, we both went like that and our hair bobbed. Your hair is looking rocking today. Whoa, look at your hair. Your hair looks nice too. My hair you, always you looks were, I, well, I, I, you I always do this though. hair. You've been struggling with your hair. I was struggling. I've been yeah. putting essential oils in it. What is going on here? I know. This is. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to our fashion world, show. World news show. Welcome we're to gonna the world do a news makeup show. tutorial in a second. Do you know that I was yeah, upstairs we're gonna, with you in Ukraine? We're gonna go get some Ukrainian um models and, and yeah. model tanks. We showed that on Friday where that Ukrainian Miss Universe came out with those giant um whatever's the wings yeah. we need to replay that again so today. there's a miss universe pageant going on uh this week we are not going to torture you with any more videos <laughs> from that uh however i might show you one uh i saw a video last night and it was a transgender male to female talking about feminism and how um a, a male will never own miss universe pageant anymore well it turns out that's because this person i guess is now the owner of the miss universe pageant what it's a transgender what so a male will not own miss universe anymore because he's because a, trans a transgender gender male owns the so miss men universe. keep honestly going into women's spaces and they need to stop <laughs> Okay, uh, I saw a girl break down in tears in, uh, I think it was California, when she was, uh, when she had to go into the gym bathroom and shower and a guy comes out and he's showering right next to her. And I really want to show them this though. I, the, um, okay. Yeah, sure. That's fine. I'm guessing I can. Well, so Miss America come, comes out wobbling with the big giant. Oh, that was so great. A moon. That was so it's great. Embarrassing. Okay. So uh, here's the, um. Now, I thought she actually looked super cool as far as she had more clothes on than everyone else, right? Um, is there a video here on this? Oh, here it is. Now, she comes out and these wings. Ukraine! This warrior of light it. costume symbolizes Ukraine's fight for freedom. And then here they come. The warrior what? of light protects her country, like Archangel what? Michael, who is a guardian and of soldiers and considered to be has the a sword of and everything. Peace. The capital. I am just saying that no, the costume is is cool, but the idea that now this is the I mean, poor Russia. What did they come? Out? I didn't know what she, I didn't know what Russia came out as. You know, I watch the numbers on Facebook. How many people come in? They come in right away. You look for five seconds and then you leave. How could you not want to see that? What we just showed you. I don't know. You know what we, I'm saying? Here's the thing. We are. If if you would like to see our coverage of the of Brazil. Ooh. And you don't care about anything else in the world. Come back in like 45 minutes. <laughs> but you do okay. care about everything else in the world. There's a plane crash, a major plane crash in Peru. Um, I don't know how much of Megan and, and Harry you can handle no, anymore. No, more Megan and yeah, Harry. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad. I don't know if we're going to talk about... For um, Megan and Harry, we bring you It's Scary. Okay, no. that was... Stop, 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 stop. People are going <laughs> to leave right after that. What was that? That What was that? You're embarrassing me. <laughs> Lord have mercy on my soul. 
Uh, unfortunately, the Alberta uh, premier has reversed her amnesty for COVID lockdowners. I got this amazing video. Uh, I you're going to have to bring it off of my my own personal Facebook feed okay. of a pilot in Canada talking about three simple words that all of us need to learn to use. I love you. N yeah, but I love Jesus. Yeah. No, I love. Stop. Let me just tell the story. Okay. When things are going crazy or, or you have a question or you're questioning where things Sorry, are going to go. Intro, wait. Shh. Wait a minute. It'll go away. That's fine. Okay. His three words are this is stupid. Oh, I like that. Okay. So when they decide to lock down the entire country or force everybody to get jabbed. This is stupid. He says, this is stupid or this is dangerous. And he actually mm. recounts a horrible aviation uh, situation that happened in Canada. I believe it's Canada where one pilot was questioning if another <clears throat> airplane had actually taken off, but he didn't really follow through with that. And they listened to the experts telling them to go ahead, and they sliced through another plane and killed 583 people. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, we need to learn when to say, this is stupid, this is dangerous. Yeah. No, that's really good. This is stupid, this is dangerous. I, I think about that when I see um, people climbing mountains with no harnesses. This is stupid, this is dangerous. Yeah. Yes. Free, free climbing. We watched this movie this weekend called The Third Man on the Mountain. It's an old Disney movie. Yeah. From like the it, That 60s. goes along with the world news. It Well. I think it was in Switzerland. It was back when Switzerland was and more Switzerlandish. All, all these guides just free climbed no. these mountains. In suits and ties. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. What's that about? I have something in my eye. Okay. So... I think that Jimmy Levy or one of the other mainstream Christian rappers should come up with a rap that's like, this is stupid. This is dangerous. You know, like something really cool and catchy mm -hmm. so that people remember the phrase. This is stupid. This is dangerous. No, that's true. I, I, make a I'm, plea I out. Somebody you. who knows yeah. them, make a plea. All right. The elite have all descended on Davos. Mm. You have... Christopher Ray, the head of our FBI, is hanging out there doing God knows what. And they brought their planes, a thousand of them. Now, I read an article that said these thousand planes will emit more emissions to get there and back than 350,000 cars will in one week. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. See, Even I didn't emissions. think it, I didn't think it was that much. It's like, not a bad mission. I would not have thought that it was that much. Samantha says, Michelle, I'm singing that song all the time now. Thank you, Samantha and her beautiful mom that are in the chat. Stacy, we love you. <laughs> They're on my side. Stacy and Samantha will always be on my side. I'm glad. That's that. what that's what friends are for. I'm sorry. It could be a musical show today. Hmm. I'm not feeling it. Okay, what Sky else? Sky High have? hypocrites. David elites hit turbulence over a love of private jets. The globalist elites and their private jets are now landing in Davos, Switzerland, for yet another WEF, World Economic <laughs> Forum. 
built on a week of fine dining and uh, billionaire back slapping and luxurious surroundings with a few meetings in between. As they do, they're drawing contempt for their hypocrisy as elsewhere mere mortals are hectored, hectored to stop their own use of regular commercial air travel in the name of saving the planet. More than a thousand private jets delivered dignitaries to last year's summit in the plush Swiss holiday resort. A Greenpeace study revealed on Friday that the sheer volume of flights generated four times the carbon dioxide emissions such aircraft would create in an oh, average week. my gosh. Greenpeace released the analysis conducted by the Dutch consolatory uh, CE uh, Delft ahead of this year's uh, round of moneyed self-congratulation, self which begins, I think it's today. Europe is experiencing the warmest January days ever recorded, and communities around the world are grappling with extreme weather events supercharged by climate crisis. You know what's interesting? Californians are, like, scared because they got this deluge of water and flooding, kind okay. of. Well, they've been in a in drought. A major drought. So now they've evened out. So God, it must have, uh, my, my take was, I think God must have answered the prayers of people. Some people like, were praying. Send us, some they were doing people. some major rain dance. There must have been some Christians asking for rain. And that's why the left is so upset about it. How dare you take us out of this drought with your prayers and, and all <laughs> at once, you know? So yeah, it was, uh, it, of the uh, about a thousand private jets, 53% were for short haul trips less than 466 miles, while 38% were under 311 miles. They could definitely just drive. And the global elites, I'm sure there'll be some really interesting clips coming out of Davos this week. The premier of Alberta, Canada, this is sad. Uh, she came out strong. You guys have saw us. Uh, what's her, what's the chick? Danielle Smith. Yeah. She has backtracked on prior promises to provide amnesty to those mm. fined under the coronavirus pandemic restrictions, leading to anger among some. I would be probably angry, too. Well, my question is, though, how much does she, like, control this? Mm. Like, maybe she made a promise of something that she doesn't really have the control to be, to be promising. She has been and accused of trying she's... to interfere with the justice system. Okay. Yeah, so, so Smith stated on Thursday that she had asked Crown prosecutors in the Justice Department to consider all charges as to whether or not they would lead to a conviction and whether they are in the public interest, but has not stated she will seek a general amnesty. A spokesperson for the Justice Ministry, however, claimed that Smith uh, had not even spoken to any Crown prosecutors, saying suggesting otherwise may undermine public faith in the administration of justice. Justice! So it's not so much that she walked it back as much as, like, I... I, I, I'm, I get, the, I get a really good feeling from this, from this lady. Now we've been wrong before, yeah. but I just think that she overpromised from what she was actually able to do. And now she's receiving, oh, wow. like, she's a politician, Alberta <laughs> pastor, Archer Pavlovsky, love him, uh, who was arrested during the pandemic for violating restrictions has expressed anger over the premier's apparent about face on amnesty, comparing her to previous Alberta prim premier, Justin Kenney who presided over the province when the restrictions were actually were in place. That was what I was hoping Danielle Smith was going to do. Well, I'm not delusional anymore. I understand. I get it, Danielle. You are a Kenny 2.0. We are not going to hope with you. We need to change this government, Pav Pavlovsky said at a rally outside of the Alberta legislature in Edmonton. Uh, Alberta, as we've come to find out, is like if Canada had a Texas, it would be a little drop of it. 
<laughs> kind of free thinking people. I think Texans everywhere are going to be offended. I know. The backtrack comes after Premier Smith slammed the treatment of unvaccinated people last October mm -hmm. before becoming Premier. She said the unvaccinated have been the most discriminating against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. I don't think I've ever experienced a situation in my lifetime where a person was fired from their job or not allowed to watch their kids play hockey or allowed to go to a visit to visit loved one in a long-term care or hospital, not allowed to get on a plane or either go across the country to see family or even travel across the border. So Mars Jupiter here on DLive is from Saskatchewan, says it's uh, negative 10 Celsius there in northern Saskatchewan. Warm for us. Ah, what is that? that? You have to do fair. You have to do the Fahrenheit uh, translation for us there. Yeah, it's so tricky. I wish I. It's it's not just a direct translation, by the way. It adjusts yeah. the further down you go. That's why it's difficult. Exactly. So speaking of Canada, um, I don't know if you can if you need to download maybe download the video on From my Facebook, Facebook page yeah. and and we'll play it because it's on your personal Facebook. Is yeah, that the problem. Yeah, I didn't I didn't put it on resistance chicks. Okay. Why didn't you put it on resistance chicks? I was in a hurry. Why well, could put my, it on resistance chicks? Right, but if you play it from Facebook, the messages and stuff might pop up. Okay, that's always the the trick there with playing from from Facebook. Well, not if you're logged into Resistance Chicks. Okay, cool. Then play. Then share it from my Facebook page to, to there. Uh, I want to talk about Brazil. We'll talk about it a little bit um, before we really dive into what's going on there. Is this it? Yeah. yeah, the censorship regime implemented in Brazil makes the U.S. and the EU look like bastions of liberty. Ten members of Congress in Brazil, including some with the nation's highest vote totals, have been banned by the, there's a high judge, uh, the high court judge. There's 11 Supreme Court justices in Brazil, and one guy is unilaterally censoring everybody, uh, including 10 members of Congress. Some with the highest vote totals in the entire country have been banned by this judge from social media, even though the platforms say that they have violated no rules. And this is not confined to Brazil, just as Brazilian prosecutors copy the U.S. indictment of Assange to try to imprison um, uh, Glenn Greenwald for his reporting. This censorship model implemented in Brazil will be used by other countries to bar all dissent. And even, this is a bridge too far, even for the New York Times, uh, and we're going to play some clips about this, it's absolutely diabolical, and there are there is a silver lining here where I have read reports, and I haven't confirmed this completely, but I've read reports that Twitter has, that Elon Musk has fired all those who censored and promoted election information uh, on tw on Twitter for the Brazil election. Oh, wow. So this week, protesters, now they're calling it Brazil's January 6th, and it happened on January 8th. Yeah. So were there agent provocateurs at encouraging these protesters <sighs> to go into the Capitol building, to go into the presidential building? And about over 1,500 people were arrested and held in confinement in, in horrible conditions. So we're going to bring you an update there. But first, let's go back to Canada. If you have that video. Got it. This is this pilot calls for Canadians, but people worldwide to have courage. And I love his use of these three words. This is stupid or this is dangerous. Remember that. Write that down. But watching where our nation is heading, I feel they're worth making again more broadly. I'm Greg Hill, a co-director group called Free to Fly, made up of over 40,000 aviation passengers and professionals, all dedicated to the freedoms of our nation coast to coast. 
I also served in our military for 32 years in both the regular and reserve force as a military pilot. My remarks are somewhat related to aviation, but they're more broadly a call to courage to everyone in this country, but particularly to those in the military and law enforcement. In regards to aviation, there's a three word fairly well known disaster averting life saving statement. Here it is. This is stupid. Sounds kind of silly, I know, but join me quickly as I return back to March of 1977 in the island of Tenerife. There were two 747s, the largest civilian airlines at the time, one KLM and one Pan Am, taxiing slowly in dense, dense fog. The KLM flight was eager to take off, but unknown to them, the Pan Am flight was still crossing at the departure end of the runway. Now, both the first and second officer of that KLM aircraft quietly harbored growing concerns with whether or not the runway was actually clear, but they didn't speak up. It had been a long day. They diverted from their original destination and 243 passengers were tired, frustrated, and needed to get to their destination. Timelines were short. There was all sorts of compelling reasons for them to go. So the captain took the runway because he thought it was clear and off they went. That KLM flight ended up slicing through the Pan Am jet, killing 583 people, and it remains to this day the greatest, uh, deadliest uh, disaster in aviation history. And with the throttles jammed wide open on that takeoff roll on the KLM flight, with the speed increasing towards 100 knots, the first officer, who seemed to have cons been concerned for a while, timidly says, is he not clear? Now, from where we sit many years later, it's easy, easy to see this as tragic and unbelievable, but it happened through what could be seen as a fairly simple combination of complacency, deferring to authority, and not wanting to rock the boat by questioning. So as years passed afterwards, aviators have studied this and other tragedies, trying to find ways not to repeat them. And this is where a jarring statement like, this is stupid, come in. When the person you're flying with doesn't respond to typical prompts, or does something ill-advised and time is short, then this is stupid or this is dangerous, jar them awake uh, to imminent danger. Now, fast forward to Canada in 2022. There's a dense fog gripping this nation. It's obscuring truth, dividing our nation and clouding the consciences of good men and women. Our government has the throttles jammed full forward in a race for totalitarian control. Many of you have the power of influence, whether that's media, policing, politics, the military, business leadership. You know the truth of what's happening around you as you're told lies. When you're asked to repeat the lies or worse, asked to crush the voice and freedoms of your fellow citizens. A voice inside you is saying, this is stupid, this is dangerous, this is wrong, and it is. But that voice inside you is useless if you stay silent. You have to summon the courage to say no. I want to address our military and our law enforcement particularly. You stand in these hours in a unique and critical place. What we've witnessed over the past days is dark and difficult. Scenes most of us thought we'd never see in this nation. With law enforcement tactical equipment facing off against peaceful unarmed demonstrators. Now I've watched with renewed hope this week as some courageous officers have spoken out. We had a retired RCMP officer stand on Parliament Hill yesterday 
speaking to the importance of his oath to uphold the Constitution and not comply with unlawful orders. This is huge, and we commend all of you who've spoken. You, as military and police, stand in the gap between the forces of tyranny and the freedoms of our people. Now, many more of you are actively but silently questioning what's being asked of you. I ask you, be silent no more. Jordan Peterson says, it's not safe to speak, but it's even less safe not to speak. Pay the price for speaking or pay the price for being a serf, subject to the whims and wills of those who sit silent before. Men and women of the armed and police service, we applaud you. Your spouses, parents to children, you've been riding the ups and downs that we all have for these past few months, and you've served honorably, sacrificing and protecting us over the years at great costs. I ask you, don't dishonor this history. Don't dishonor your service. We will all pay a dear price for silence and blind obedience. If you act in ways that violate your conscience and oath, we are headed to dark places. Be men and women of courage. Now you may be saying, I'll wait until they ask me to go too far, but then it's not much different than that jet hurtling down the runway at 100 knots. It's too late then. This is your hour. Now is the time. Speak out, reinforcing your commitment to your oath. We need a wall of courage to stand in the gap for the citizens of this nation. In closing, all of us have a unique call in our lives in these hours. Speak the truth at all costs. You may be telling yourself it will cost too much. You've got a family, a future. But exactly your family and their future, our families and our futures are the reasons we must stand up and speak out. There is no future for our children if we enable the instruments of darkness with our silence. Okay. You know, make no I, mistake. I have, I think we all have different times in our lives where we really wish we had just said something, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you lost a loved one in some sort of like tragic accident. You're like, Oh, I wish I had said mm -hmm. this, or maybe, you know, um, a, a child went astray and you haven't seen them forever. And you're like, if I just said this, there's a, a whole host of regrets that we all live with. Yeah. And we just wish that we would have said something. And here's the beauty of life. We can learn from those instead of dwelling yeah. on the mistakes that we made in living, living in this, I wish I would have, but making kind of a decision within ourselves, like this guy, this pilot is encouraging us that when you feel that check in your spirit, when you know this isn't right, you have to actually voice it out, no matter how stupid you think that you're going to look in the situation, yeah. because mm -hmm. it may save someone's life. Maybe you didn't, and this is the most basic, we were taught this literally from the time we're like eight years old about drinking and driving. They, they ingrain this in you. And the one thing they ingrain in you in public school is to take the keys from somebody that's going to drive drunk, right? Mm -hmm. You take the darn keys. You don't care if they're mad at you. And most of us are like, yes, I would do that. I would take these. I have done that many times, yada, 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 yada. But what about your family members taking the juice? Or what about, you know, like we, you don't want to speak out because you don't want to step on somebody's toes you know, there are countless times where I think that we can all, all of us learn from those very wise words. Yeah, this is stupid. This is dangerous. And I I think that a lot of us are going to speak out more. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stupid and dangerous, the UK, the United States, um, Poland, France are all sending 
uh, equipment that is more modern, has more electrical components, especially uh, heavy tanks into Ukraine. Very interesting that some of the, there's a missile launcher that is our United States missile launcher. They're bringing Ukrainian soldiers here. They will be in Oklahoma wow. to learn how to use these weapons. And then they will send them back over. Tell me how we're not at war with Russia. No, and what I find absolutely terrifying is that when Vladimir Zelensky came here, he came to the United States, by the way, for those of you that don't know, he came, he went into our Congress in sweats, mm -hmm. in a sweatsuit, okay? Um, <clears throat> it, it totally staged because under any other circumstances, you would wear an actual suit suit, by the way. He enters into our Congress, he gets a standing ovation, he's treated like a god, the man that played the piano with his wee-wee, by the way. I mean, I wish they had put that up on like a, 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 a you know, a, a, a jumbotron right or there. Or his Beyonce yeah. video. I, I can't take you seriously because when we all have some sort of past life, your past life is too crazy. I cannot take you seriously. But we've got, we're and now. it never gets addressed by the mainstream media, by the way. No, they don't even, they, it never happened, Leah. It never happened. They are bringing troops over here to American soil to, to train them. And it, it almost feels like we're creating this kind of incestuous relationship where we are one with Ukraine. It, it, it is that way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Ukrainian government has recently issued a call for its Western backwards to provide heavy tanks so we can beat back Russian forces after countries like Poland and other Eastern European governments have already provided an estimated 300 modernized Soviet tanks since February. Uh, Kiev, uh, Kiev is urging for hundreds more Western manufactured tanks to be sent, especially the U.S. M1 Abrams. They have specific ones they want. Yes, we want these. We want U.S. M1 Abrams. Yes. Yes, you send me the tanks. Send me the tanks. But so far, Washington has only pledged light infantry character, uh, carriers. Uh, as this is from uh, Zero Hedge, as we detailed previously, it's now the U.K. and Poland leading the charge among allies to send tanks, giving London lately announced it will send the Challenger 2, widely considered a highly capable main battle tank. But a new warning from Moscow has said the decision will only intensify the conflict, saying that instead of bringing any significant Ukrainian edge on the battlefield, more civilians will be harmed by the fighting. Bringing tanks to conflict zone far from drawing the hostilities to close will only serve to intensify combat operations, generating more casualties, including among the civilian populations, said the Russian embassy in London. Undeterred by Russia's warnings, Ukrainian President Zelensky thanked the UK for the tanks, suggesting that Britain has made tanks it easier for, the tanks. <laughs> for other allies. Thanks for things <laughs> uh, to send heavy tanks. He said he will not only strengthen, uh, it will not only strengthen us on the battlefield, but also send the right signal to other partners. You see, this is all a Show. mind game. Exactly. Yeah. Zelensky and his top officials have also repeatedly requested air power in order to quote close the skies, given clearly Russia has a significant aerial tactical advantage. Though the U.S. is now training Ukrainian personnel on how to operate Patriot anti-air defense missiles. To win the war, we need more military equipment, heavy equipment. Hang on. Just hold the phone. Ukraine. We have given you Ukraine. so much. Now who's singing? Ukraine, Ukraine. Now, now they're going to leave. Now they're leaving. Look, watch. Come back. Don't get back in your seat. 
they already have, we just covered this on Friday, by the way. We are giving so much of our military equipment, equipment to Ukraine that we are running out. Yeah. Don't can. tell me you need more. Do you know how big your country is compared to ours? You need more? You need more? It's You've got mostly the over ammo. half of what we have and you need more? I don't know. I don't know if they have half of what we have yet. Well, we're running uh, low. But it's ammo, really. We're, they're really running through no, ammo. No, he said, we need big equipment. I know, but what I'm Ammo's saying- Ammo's little. I'm saying what we are running low, what we would be running low more than anything oh, else yeah. would be the ammo. So a poison chalice. Ukraine may struggle with logistical headaches of new Western weapons, says an, ana an analyst. The imminent arrival in Ukraine of Western-made light tanks and armored vehicles, as well as possibly heavy tanks, means- uh, so I am not a military expert. <laughs> yeah, that's clear. So there's heavy tanks and light tanks. Yeah. So that's what we're going with here. So possibly the heavy tanks are going in. Okay. Uh, we um, Means Kiev will need to quickly train up troops to use and maintain. That, that much I do know. These tanks and this military equipment, especially the motorized military equipment, is, is in need of constant maintenance. Right. So at any one time... Uh, this article says from Breitbart that one third of the vehicles are under maintenance. And if you've got all these brand new high tech machines and you don't know how to work on them, you're going to spend more time working on them than you are fighting with them. You know, that's why we're all about horses and buggies. Cause the same thing applies to farming. Right. Yeah, exactly. Near the, um, there's there's a reason why I guess the they want these these tanks I guess is a huge advantage if they uh, NATO tanks have a huge advantage over this old Soviet style tanks if he has the coordinates of his target he can destroy the target with one shot that's the point of having the heavy tanks initial reluctance to provide Ukraine with advanced weaponry seems however to be lifting Poland on Wednesday said it will be willing to send Kiev 14 advanced Leopard 2 battle tanks. As part of an international coalition, the German-made model is largely seen as one of the best performing worldwide because I'm sure they've had to use it before um, and is widely used across Europe, making uh, meaning spare parts and ammunition are readily available. But Germany has so far refused to give its necessary green light to the delivery, fearing an escalation that would directly put the West against Russia. You're really, really. So it's kind of like you're playing this game like, does Russia think we're in the war now does he, do, do they think we're in now? Do they think we're in now? You know, and, and, and Zelensky and, and Ukraine are basically going around like, we are part of NATO. Just, we're de facto NATO now. Just, just to let you know. Okay. Uh, Finland on Friday said it was not opposed to any shipment of leopards after a discussion with European countries who have them. But this requires not only the transfer of the material itself, but also the training and the creation of the necessary maintenance and the servicing uh, expertise in Ukraine. Now, this goes along with the article we talked about on Friday, which um, our military leaders are saying that if this battle keeps going on for six months to a year, we are going to have serious problems with our that's what I'm saying weapon stockpile. We're running and out. And so when you're looking at we're going to start have to we're going to start sending literal leopards. That's what you get. Okay, the leopard in its spots. That's what you're getting. Sorry. Last week, France, and France, Germany, and the United States opened the way with promises of French AMX 10 RC light tanks, 40 German martyr infantry vehicles, and 50 Bradley fighting vehicles. 
A French source said Perry could dispatch uh, around 40 of the highly mobile AMX-10 RCs, which are wheeled rather than tracked, but have a much heavier cannon typical of a tank. The French Defense Ministry said late Thursday that a first batch would be delivered uh, within two months. So we're looking at, okay, delivered within two months, and then you've got the training. So this they're expecting a very long battle here. Uh, Britt Baza on DLive says, Michelle, the British Challenger 2 tank is heavily armored and has a top cruising speed of 70 miles an hour. Whoa. Uh, it, it was designed to take on Russian tanks. Um, and says we would not if they would stop giving it away. So I'm wondering if they just want to become like a weapon stockpiler. Speaking of a weapon stockpiler, you know, if you were allowed and I was allowed to actually have, and this has been my frustration covering Ukraine from the beginning, to have a balanced view of what's happening there, we would have a more balanced view of what's happening there. But I do know that there there are salt mines mm -hmm. in Ukraine. Yes. And I think it's called <clears throat> Solidar, like just right out of Lord of the Rings, Solidar. Um, and in the salt mines, we don't know whether they had, um, what do you, uh, the weapons of mass destruction, uh, type, what do you, the, um, no idea what you're trying to say or I would help. The labs, the labs, the web, the, the labs, the biolabs, the biolabs, biolabs, yeah, biolabs underground. If they had, sorry, I had weapons of mass destruction. I'm thinking WMDs, and you want biolabs. How was yeah. I supposed to get that? Charades with literal words you lost. Um, so I am going to... <laughs> Wait a minute. So um, the, the chat on Rumble is alive today. Uh, Wicked Sykes says, I'm 24 minutes in, and it has stopped three times. Is anybody else having issues on um, Rumble? Let me know. I don't know that there's anything else I could do. Um... To help you out, but I can put the D Live link in the chat for you, and you can try watching it there. Okay, so we're going to, and hopefully, not get kicked off for for showing some. We didn't. There's a lot we can still some, cover. Some videos, well, of Russia, of, okay. of the Russian side of this. So I just tweeted out two videos where some some Russians were said to be evacuated. Um, Solidar is the salt mining uh, city, and it has these all these underground caverns that go for miles that have been there since World War One, and so it's a very strategic area. But I'm gonna uh, kind of go over a couple of these. Okay, a Ukrainian soldier who previously reported from a Western soldier said Ukrainians lost control of salt mine number seven Zachidna, and Shastina. left. You don't have to play it out loud. And left the adjacent area. Oh, I'm trying to read it, actually. Sorry. It's of okay. course you are. Uh, left the adjacent industrial area. The area, the word plays over. Solidar is now Russian. And then uh, scroll down here. Civilians evacuated by Russian soldiers from Solidar say uh, Ukrainians attacked them with incendiary uh, ammunition during the evacuations. And thanks the Russians for saving their lives. So go ahead and play that and you can read the subtitles there. All right. Did you notice any signs of use of chemical weapons? What are they called? What's their name? Phosphorus. 
When we left, we were bombarded with phosphorus, magnesium, phosphorus. The civilians were brought out and a quadcopter flies and they, the birds overwhelmed us, a quadcopter flies and they use it both on civilians and the military. It was military who brought us out, therefore, both us and them. Both us and them were under threat. We were on the verge of life and death. Our lives have been saved. Thanks to the guys who brought us out of that hell and took us out. The guys, they could not be even alive by now because it's hell there. So there you go. So there you go. Um, Ukrainian backers are in full cope mode after Russians capture Solodar. John Kirby says, even if both Bak uh, Bakhmut and Solodar fall into the Russians, it's not going to have a strategic impact on the war itself. Um... I guess there it's just interesting to see that that we don't get to say um we don't get to see what's going on really in well, in the Ukraine. They and, have censored the media. Yeah. Not just heavily, but in Turkish style, mm -hmm. uh Erdogan style. Like you literally cannot speak out. So the fact that we get any news from anything on the ground there in the Ukraine that's not government propaganda is shocking. And then you need to pray for whoever's putting this that, that footage out because they could get a knock on their door and you don't hear from them again. Yeah. All right. So play this next clip. If Did you, you tweet it mind. out? Yeah. Is it a fresh tweet? Yeah. yeah. A group of residents of Solodar, in their own words, it turns out they risk their lives for our lives. And it's interesting to think about the, the fact that these Russian soldiers are doing that. Oops, hang on. We will. All right, Those who rescued us out, who protected us, may God keep them. They stayed with us all night. And they once again confirmed that we wanted to hear, what we wanted to hear, that they will come to us and restore everything, both factories and houses, and we hope to return there. And we will not dance to American tunes. Wow. My daughter left a little earlier in October. Our neighbor was killed. Is that a gerbil? It's a guinea pig. And my wife and daughter simply could not stand it. My daughter told us to bring her hamster because this is her hamster. Nushka. So, daughter, if you see us coming, prepare the cage. We'll be soon, baby. We'll be there soon. Wow. So I just want to bring you guys some balanced news out of the Ukraine because we know that we haven't seen the truth and there's not anybody on the ground able to report it because they've kicked out any journalists that are are seem any any semblance against Zelensky. Right. So you don't there is no balanced media. There is no balanced media. Let's go ahead and play one more here. Uh, this is from Al Jazeera, which is probably the most balanced that we're going to get. Did you just retweet that yeah, one? Yeah, which is the okay. Arab nations. Mm, I don't think you did. Yeah, just one more Wait time. Wait for it. All right. There we go. See if it's yeah, it, it, you know, and every once in a while we will play Al Jazeera because they cover world news. They do. But she's got a Ukrainian flag behind her. 
and an EU flag. Yeah. To confront by Ukrainian forces, there are still heavy fighting in Solidar as well as in Bakhmut. Uh, we hear Russia's announcement about taking Solidar, but I want to remind everyone that it's this fifth announcement of taking Solidar over the last five days. Uh, especially the Wagner Group that was announcing that is acknowledged as a terrorist organization. And this is why we are calling for everybody use only the checked data and not anything else. As for the civilians, um, in Bakhmut and in Solidar, people who remain there, people who declined to evacuate. And it is incredibly hard for us to provide all the supplies and the support. So pause. This yeah. is a member of the Ukrainian well, parliament. You can hear, you can hear this, just hear what they're for saying, them, it's fine. However, um, there was uh, time and processes and procedures to evacuate from Solidar. And um, uh, right now, the only hope that we have is that our forces will uh, re-establish uh, the control of the city. What I want to point out critically is that Russia is throwing an enormous resource on getting small city of Solidar, in getting small city of Bakhmut. Uh, this is happening because they desperately need any kind of victory, just anything to show to the internal propaganda and to show the whole world that they still have some upper hand in this war. Okay, so go ahead and go back to my Twitter um, feed. Now there's a there's a like a mercenary group called Wagner, and you can um, just show the video, and then I'm going to go down this thread. This Wagner group had here Yevgeny Trivzons. You don't have to turn it down. Posted a video, apparently filmed in or near Solidar, in which he praises the capabilities and skills of Wagner fighters, implicitly casting them as superior to regular Russian military. Uh, he says, I came here to present medals to the guys who took Solidar. This is the man who commanded the capture of Solidar. He liberated it in two weeks. Solidar was clamped in a pincer, then divided into parts. The enemy units were surrounded. Those who refused to surrender were destroyed. All the bodies of Ukrainian servicemen will be handed over and sent to their homeland. Numerous questions from journalists ask how and why the fighters of the Wagner private military company have such efficiency. Firstly, they have been fighting for many years. They are probably the most experienced army in the world. Secondly, they perform all tasks independently. They have aircraft. The pilots are heroes who are not afraid to die. There are MLRSs of all kinds. There is air defense, which has already shot down a huge number of enemy aircraft. There are artillery of all calibers, tanks, infantry, fighting vehicles, and assault units that have no equal in the world. And most important, the most important thing in Wagner is the control system and perfectly developed control system. In the Wagner PMC, everyone can hear, everyone can say their opinion. The commanders consult with the fighters, and the leadership of the PMC consults with the commanders. If a decision is made, then all tasks will be completed. No one can retreat. Wagner has the most severe discipline that gives these opportunities. Therefore, the PMC Wagner went forward and will go forward. Uh, the Russian Telegram channel, Special Purpose Channel, names the Wagner commander in the video as Lotos, who it says is the hero of Russia. Another Russian Telegram channel, the pro-Kremlin Brussels Connection channel, has published a picture of the medal awarded by Brig Zohan, which bears the words for the capture of Solidar. Meanwhile, the Wagner, Wagner sources admit that they do not yet control the whole of Solidar. A source tells uh, this channel that Ukraine still controls the western edge of Solidar. Um, 
and another village. Nobody is actively storming it anymore. Active fighting has subsided, according to a source. So I have heard about this these Wagner fighters. Um, I'm going to look more into it. I don't know anything about them. I'm not saying that they're good guys. I'm not saying they're bad guys. I'm just like reporting this to you guys, what's going on. I do know that what she says about Solidar being a small town, why do you want it, is um, not exactly true. The um, if, I'm going to tweet this out real quick, another one. Here's a video of uh, the Wagner group inside the ancient salt mines in Solidar, which, quote-unquote, is a treasure of a, in and of itself, an abundance of natural mineral salt, and a large cache of ammunition. And then I am going to tweet out one more after that. The mines are so vast that tanks can be driven underneath. Um, Russia's defense ministry claimed on Friday that its forces have taken complete control of eastern Ukraine, the eastern Ukrainian town of Solodar, a settlement known for its salt mines and gaining ground for uh, several days. So I do know that the, people are wondering if there's bioweapons in these salt mines. Um, they go on for for miles, I guess. And they've been around for... So there's there's a lot uh, to, you know, that could... There's, there's more here than meets the eye. And we're going to keep bringing this to you to talk about. All right, so um, Steve on Rumble says, the truth, the U.S. and its partners have once again imposed the government of their choice over 30 bioweapons labs, uh, Nazis, Azov, Battalion, genocide against the people of the Donsk, women and children. Uh, FIM66 wants to know, will this be stopped? I don't know how much longer um, it's going to carry on i think i think that um the ukrainian war is a cover for something much bigger and once they're done with their cover they'll move on to something else uh, remember ukraine is literally the most corrupt country in the western world and they can do a lot of cover-up over there so uh will it be stopped I think that this year you're going to see God's hand move in a mighty way. When you can't I, talk about it, you know that something crazy is going on. And, yes. and so, yeah, it's going to take God intervening. Ukrainian refugees, though, in Britain are making return trips to their homeland to receive medical treatment instead of waiting to access the UK's NHS after uh, some strikes brought the public health care system to its knees. A report by British news outlet iNews cited a number of instances in which those who had fled the conflict in Ukraine simply gave up on long wait times to access medical care in Britain, opting instead for the perilous 24-hour journey to the war-torn country to be seen by a medical professional almost immediately. The left-wing news outlet used the reports to criticize Britain's governing conservative party. After waiting four hours, the doctor didn't even look at me, and she told me to take um, just like a Tylenol. Again, it didn't help. I was still in severe pain. She ended up traveling back to Ukraine via Poland, where she was seen by a doctor immediately. I was told it was an urgent issue with my wisdom tooth and that I had to have an extraction immediately. I do not want, I do not in any way want to criticize the NHS. 
I think it's amazing that everyone can get help for free. The Ukrainian woman told the news outlet she knew of three others residing in London who had opted to return back to this war-torn Ukraine and get medical help there. Wow. That's kind of um, a, several news stories in one. I know Barry is such a huge fan, Bripaza, in the chat of the NHS over there in the UK, but I just don't keep hearing great things. But no, but my question is, is your country really a war-torn country? If you're, would, if you're willing to go back to your war-torn country versus waiting in line to go to the hospital in the UK? Yeah. Good question. All right, bad news. There was a plane crash mm. um, in a, a Napoleon plane crash. That killed about 68 people. At least, at least 68 passengers have been killed after a Nepal airliner crashed Sunday in the country's worst aviation disaster in more than 30 years. The Yeti Airlines ATR-72 plane, which is a twin-engine turboprop meant for short-haul regional flights, went down near the city of uh, Pokhara in central Nepal, carrying a total of 72 people, including four crew members. Nepal's Civil Aviation Authority has indicated that 37 were men, 25 were women, as well as three children and three were infants. Hundreds of rescue workers descended on a large hillside where the airliner went down. Subsequent circulating footage showed huge flames, and I think you could um, scroll down uh, and, and see some of that footage. Oh, flames engulfing oh, nobody wants to see a plane the area crash. in the immediate aftermath of the crash. The plane appears to be Whoa! at the bottom of a river gorge. That big thud was the plane crashing. The flames were so hot we couldn't go near the wreckage. I heard a man crying for help, but because of the flames and smoke, we couldn't see them. <laughs> Out of the 68 passengers on Sunday's flight, 53 were from Nepal, five from India, four from Russia, two from South Korea, and one each from Australia, Argentina, France, Ireland, according to Nepal's Civil Aviation Authority. There were 15 international passengers on board, and it's the third deadliest crash in the Himalayan nation's history, with two 1992 crashes, one involving Thai Airways in July of that year, which left 113 dead. And another in September, which left 168 dead. We're like a lot of airplane crash stories today. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with that. Um, this is just terrifying to but me. But then I, you know, I always question, and we're conspiracy theorists, was there somebody on that plane that somebody didn't want to That's lie? like literally my first thought. Because there was a whole movie on that. Um, that no, somebody a made show. a TV show on Amazon Prime that was all about. It was in an African nation where they didn't want somebody alive, and so they took yeah. down the whole plane. You know? And the question is, was there somebody on that plane? I'm just going to say this for the record. If God had intended for us to fly, he would have given us wings. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's safe. You know, I, I could say the same thing about automobiles, frankly. Yeah. But still, I'm just... They're very dangerous to start with. They do say so, that flying is safer so, than driving. Yeah, they say that. So you can take it like this. Listen, flying in an airplane is dangerous. That's number one. It, it, anything that is that heavy in the sky, if something goes wrong, you're in trouble. At the same time, though, the securities around flying, even though it, we have to take our shoes off to fly. I'm it's surprised, not that honestly, difficult. that more things don't happen. To That's what friends. I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Those are, I'm just saying right off the top of my head makes you kind of wonder, 
can we get the passenger list? You know, who, but even then you will, you wouldn't know. It could just be some person. You, you never you know. know. You never know. All right. The Hungarian border guard stopped an average of 738 illegals a day in 2022, double the 2021 numbers. The Hungarian government says it apprehended 269,254 illegal immigrants um, at its border in 2022, a huge jump from about 122,000 in 2021. The chief security advisor to it's Victor Orban, doubled. yeah, pro-borders uh, government warned the number of illegal entrants is rising and that Hungary is still the main route for undocumented migrants coming from the Balkans with the aid of people smugglers. In an official news bulletin, the border uh, seeing an average of 738 a day. I mean, this is a full-time, multi-faceted job. The migrants reportedly hail from Afghanistan, Syria, Pakistan, Morocco, and India are said to have actually attacked Hungarian personnel on 265 occasions because that's the way, those are the kind of people that we want in. If you know, you don't let us in, we're just going to hurt you. It's the mindset of trick-or-treating. Yeah. Leaving 12 police officers and 29 military servicemen with injuries about uh, 2,000 people smugglers from astonishing 73 different countries were detained over the course of the year. Uh, those were the people smugglers. Those weren't just the people trying to get in. These were the people being paid it's, to wait, get people in. Now let's talk about that for a second, from though. 73 different countries. If the question is always being asked why our, our best friend called us this weekend talking about, you know, maybe why the migrants are coming up from South America, why migrants in Africa. Two the question, movements. two different movements, yes. But the question always comes to why. Well, this is very simple. I mean, th there's money to be had. I think there's more to it. But on the very surface level, this is a money-making scheme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Up from 1,200 um, in 2021 with the annual border protection bill uh, hitting 650. 50 bill, uh, billion Hungarian, uh, which is about a 1.6 billion euros. Hungary doesn't That's have a lot of money. money. That's a lot of money. Could you imagine what Hungary could do with uh, uh, 1.6 billion euros? And they're doing, they're, they're, they're spending that just on keeping the border safe. Hung the Hungarians' robust approach to the onslaught on its southern border stands in marked contrast to the Biden administration here in the United States. I feel like there's got to be something that you could do that's cheaper. Again, back to the leopards. You know, like, why don't we just put wild, like, let's go Old Testament on this, on this, on, on the things that we do. Uh, you know, Star Wars had big kind of man-eating things. Like, just instead of wasting the manpower to stop these people from coming, what if we just had lions and tigers and bears? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it's, I feel like this could really solve the problem. All right, so this is interesting. What kind of game are they playing? In Brussels, they are thinking about banning Pfizer officials from being allowed into the European Parliament. <laughs> officials from Big Pharma, uh, including uh, the multinational CEO, could soon be banned from the European Parliament, said a report on Friday. It comes as a group finds itself at the center of numerous controversies in Europe, with both senior officials within the EU and the vaccine manufacturer refusing to release details relating to the EU's procurement of the jabs during the pandemic. According to a report by uh, Euroactive, the European Parliament's Committee on COVID has now uh, voted in favor of the ban. And only two political groups, the European People's Party and the Renew Europe, voting against the resolution. Members of the COVI body have reportedly referenced Pfizer's apparent unwillingness to be transparent with, the, um, with, with them. them for the ban. 
with uh, Berla's repeated, the CEO's repeated failure to appear in front of the committee late last year being a particular sticking point for some. I think he deliberately did not come because he did not want to face the controversies. Others insisted that the European Parliament has a right to full transparency. So I, I'm not thinking anything that the European Parliament is going to do is actually a good thing. Uh, to this day, both the uh, European Commission and, and Pfizer have failed to release uh, text messages negotiating the use of the jab. Um, we've got uh, uh, Teres, who is a adamant, um, just wonderful conservative in Parliament, remarked that considering the lack of transparency from both Pfizer and the EU, it would be a good thing if the pharma, pharma corporation has its officials excluded from parliament if these globalist drug dealers refuse to respect european citizens and answer straightforward questions from meps then it's a good thing their spin doctors are excluded from the european parliament said the romanian mep let me just throw out my own absolutely wild conspiracy theory here wild on friday's show which you all need to go watch because it was really good we talked about how the CDC is going to investigate said company with the P and the mm -hmm. H and the E and the mm -hmm. Z and the ER. Um, they're going to investigate this company mm -hmm. because of the strokes mm -hmm. that are yeah. overwhelming now. Yeah. What if, just throwing this out there, what if this company was intended from the beginning or at some halfway during the play to end up as a patsy. Mm -hmm. So then it's not some sort of, so they've achieved what they wanted to achieve, population control, murdering, killing people, they're damaged for life because pretty much like a giant portion of the world has received mm -hmm. these things. So then we have to have a fall guy, right? Everybody has to have their own Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, in, in this case, they actually are complicit and guilty. But this is the problem with the difference between companies and individuals. Mm -hmm. Because with an LLC, the company can go under and no one ever goes to jail. Yeah. So I'm just saying if the European Parliament is now coming out seemingly like against Pfizer, and then the CDC yeah. is now investigating Pfizer. It just begs the question, hmm, what's going on there? Because they're not turning on Pfizer. Again, that's what we have to we have to get our heads through this, guys. We think that we're battling these companies. They are not real. Let's stop buying into their imaginatory, like, oh, I've, I've been playing with my little friend, you know, Barney next to your mommy's like, oh, really? This is my imaginary friend. These companies aren't real. And so they can kill them off. It's like playing a video game and start up another one. What happened to the Nazis, Leah? Where did they go? Well, IG they went Farben, to the, the European Farben, Union. They created the European IG Union. IG Farben was a chemical company, okay? IG Farben was a chemical company who created the gas, the gas the Jews, and it was actually IG Farben Auschwitz. And The name of the company. That was the name of the company. And several of those people went to, um, had the, they were under the Nuremberg trials, but they did not face large... 
uh, times in prison, maybe up to seven years. When they came out, uh, several of them created a company that we know as Bayer. Bayer Pharmaceuticals. And then they also started the European Union. So they just evolve. Yeah. And they plan. They have an, an endless amount of lives, which is why it comes back to what we were talking about earlier. This is spiritual warfare. Yeah. We will only win this if we take down the principalities over these areas and over these things instead of just trying to address a company, which there is no, there, it's not a person. Right. Speaking of companies and persons and spiritual battles. Uh, a few years back, and I'm kind of shocked uh, to see this angle. I, 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 the Catholic Church. So we covered uh, Pope Benedict passing. Another big name in the Catholic abuse scandals was George, uh, Australian Cardinal George Pell. Now, he was caught up in abuse scandals. And I, for one, in our reporting of it, saw that he covered up abuse. Now, I keep hearing people say that he was set up. Okay, and so it's very interesting because an Australian appeals court <clears throat> um, in 2020 quashed the convictions that Pell actually uh, sexually assaulted two choir bo boys in the 1990s. The ruling allowed Pell to walk free after 13 months in prison, ending the case of the most senior figure accused in the global scandal of historic sex abuse that has rocked the Roman Catholic Church worldwide. Pell a former Archbishop of Melbourne and Sydney was called by Pope Francis in 2014 to serve as Vatican, the Vatican economy minister, a post he held until taking leave of a leave of absence in 2016 to return to Australia to face his charges. Now, what it seems that um, he was actually uncovering um, Vatican misuses of uh, finances. And he could have been set up. Um, even before the sexual assault accusations, Pell was a polarizing figure in the two decades that he dominated the Australian Catholic hierarchy, revered by conservative Catholics, but scorned by liberals for his staunch opposition to same-sex marriage and women's ordination. He had been living in Rome since his acquittal and had several meetings with Pope Francis. Pell often attended the Pontiff's masses and Francis praised him publicly after his return. On the day of his acquittal in 2020, Francis offered his morning mass for all those who suffer from unjust sentences, and which he compared to the persecution of Jesus. After his return to Rome, Pell became a familiar face around the Vatican area, era, even, area, even though he was retired. Um, in May of 2018, Pell was committed to stand trial on multiple historical sexual offense charges relating to alleged incidents at a pool in his hometown of Ballarat, in the 1970s and at Melbourne St. Patrick's Cathedral in the 90s, the so-called swimmers case was dropped after a judge did not allow certain evidence. Pell, who denied the allegations, did not take the stand at the two's trials. At a retrial, a jury unanimously convicted him on five charges of assaulting two teenage choir boys at the cathedral when he was Archbishop of Melbourne, and he was sentenced to six years of jail. He lost his first appeal and was in sol solitary confinement for 404 days until Australia's seven high court judges unanimously overturned his conviction, saying it was not proven beyond reasonable doubt. Look, it was bad. It wasn't like a holiday, but I don't want to exaggerate how difficult that was. There were many dark moments, he said. Um... I cannot talk about whether he was guilty or not. We covered it when it when when it came out. But I don't know if you can bring up my um I don't it's not one of the ones I have up. You have to bring okay, it up. That's fine. I have Ben Hornwell from 
on Bannon's war room talking about uh, Cardinal Pell. And Cardinal Pell wrote an anonymous memo calling Pope Francis a disaster and a catastrophe. And he was very much against... Um, I'll find it. He was very much against the... Um, the way that Pope Francis was taking the Catholic Church. So was he a good guy? Was he a bad guy? Was he set up? This is one of those, you guys help us make make the decision on, on this. Ben, uh, uh, I'm going to go to the Vatican. First, you worked in commons for a long time, uh, and you're, you've been very close uh, watching the 20 that saved us here with that debate. Is that the problem in the UK? Before we talk about the Vatican and, and Pell, is that the problem we got with this Tory party is that they are more like a Mitch McConnell and you the, don't have any no, firebrands? Yeah. One of the leading, Australia's obviously most important Catholic cleric, but also one of the most um, visibly conservative cardinals in the church. He was the author, Steve, of this secret memo. And this memo was excoriating towards Pope Francis. And unlike... Most criticisms, like you'll find in, the, in his um, article in The Spectator, which was published the day after he died, where he, he doesn't attack Pope Francis directly in The Spectator article. In this secret memo, he does. Um, and here is some of the things that Cardinal Pell said. He said that the papacy under Pope Francis was a disaster. He said it was a catastrophe. Um, Steve, these are, these, are, these are adjectives you'll hear on the war room, but you won't really hear them anywhere else against the Pope, which I think underlines the narrative which we have been presenting over recent weeks. It's not because people aren't saying these things publicly that they're not saying them. That's something we'll dr drill down on, on on a future occasion. Here's something um, else he said. Commentators of every school, if for different reasons, agree that this pontif pontificate is a disaster in many or most respects, a catastrophe. So, and that was the introduction to his memorandum. If you give me a couple of moments, I'd like to dig down now and, and, and pull out some of his choice insights. The first thing to note is that, um, now I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna have to give away for the break in a moment, but I'll start the point. His leading enemy when Cardinal Pell had a curial position in the Vatican was Cardinal Becciu. This is the cardinal who's currently a defendant in the Vatican's largest criminal um, case. The major enemy when Pell was here wasn't the Pope, it was Cardinal Becciu. This is what, this shows Cardinal Pell's, Cardinal Pell's magnanimity. This is what he has to say about Cardinal Becciu. And it's absolutely true what Cardinal Pell says. Becciu has not been treated justly because he was removed from his position and stripped of his cardinalatial dignities without any trial. He did not receive due process. Everyone has a right to due process. Well, obviously, that sentiment is going to be very cl close to the heart of Cardinal Pell, who spent 13 months in solitary confinement for a crime he did not commit. But it shows you there the magnanimity of his greatness, the greatness of his soul, that he comes out and strongly defends his nemesis in, in these terms. And when Pe Pell says that he hasn't been um, treated fairly, what he's talking about is that Pope Francis, Pope Francis has issued four secret decrees to the Vatican court against which there's no appeal for, for poor old Cardinal Becher that will help the prosecution. If I can go on, I can, if I can go on, 
Yeah, keep, he, keep, keep, yeah, keep, keep going. Keep going. We got another minute. He highlighted the um, the something that Steve that you've been really leading on, um, the the Catholic Church's absolute lack of support for Chinese Catholics. He says there has been no public support for the loyal loyal Catholics in China who have been intermittently persecuted for their loyalty to the papacy for more than seventy years. Again, arguments you will hear on the war room and pretty much nowhere else in the Catholic or secular media. But this is said by probably. The, um, the the Catholic Church's most prominent conservative voice. Yeah. Um, finally, well, if I, I, I may. Tell you what, ben, 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 hang on, for one, hang on, hang on. We're going to take a short break. Ben Harnwell, you've got one more aspect to, to release. I got to, I, I got to tell you, we're very proud of the War Room that we constantly bring these things up. Cardinal Pell is a man of enormous stature, and his humility and and, and how humble he was on these false accusations to shut him up about the finances of the Vatican. That's what it was to do and to penalize him. He spent a year in solitary confinement, a year at a man that age, and he used it as a journey for himself. His diary of those times is absolutely unbelievable. And they should, I'll make sure we promote it here on, on the show next week. It shows you the, a great soul. And when, when, when uh, persecuted on something that he knew was wrong and unfair, what he did in trying to make himself a better person and a better soul is just incredible and a great, this is the quality of person he is versus these jackals that you have to deal with uh, and are always attacking him and did this to him on purpose. Let me repeat that. They did this to him on purpose. They knew exactly what they were doing to shut him up. Ben Harnwell. Absolutely right, Steve. In fact, when I was talking earlier about Cardinal Pell's magnanimity towards Cardinal Bechu's manifest lack of due process. Perhaps we take a moment to reflect on the fact that according to Cardinal Pell, it was Cardinal Bechu who had authorized payments to his, uh, Cardinal Pell's accusers back in Australia um, to shut him up, get him out of the way, um, and, and keep him locked up in prison for a crime, let's repeat this, he did not commit. Um, so when he comes out and says Bechu really has been treated very unjustly, it's, that's the context behind um, behind that, that demonstration of absolute magnanimity. And perhaps one can also say Christian forgiveness on behalf of, um, of Cardinal Pell. So the Cardinal Pell, I hope that anecdote illustrates, isn't some, uh, some kind of ideological militant here with axes to grind. Far from it. Something else... Um, that, that, that I just want to, to mention now. This is talking here for folks who've just joined us about a secret memo that Cardinal Pell had published in an Italian newspaper on the 15th of March last year, but he did it anonymously. It was under the name of Demos, which is Greek for people. Um, and we only found out in, in the last um, 48 hours after Cardinal Pell died that he was, in fact, the author of this, this memo. So, so the things that Pell said... Um, back in March, take on a, a more uh, pregnant importance now, simply because of the stature of the guy who wrote it. And let's not forget, before going back to Australia to, to face uh, to the, the show trial, that the Stalin, Stal, Stalin-esque show trial that locked him up for 13 months. Let's not forget that Pell was actually uh, the Vatican's finance minister. We'll, you, we'll use the, the term finance minister to describe what he did. So he knew when he's talking about the corruption in the Vatican, he knew exactly what he's talking about. And now we have the opportunity to associate what he said with, with Cardinal yeah. Pell's name. Yeah. 
Um, let me just quickly go into remember, this then. If you've seen the uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just want if you've seen Godfather no, no. 3, you know some of the issues with the yeah. ba the bank and the, he was brought in to clean it up. He was not Cardinal Pell was brought in as a man of stature to clean the entire mess up of the Vatican of finances. Go ahead, Ben. So I'm remembering a little bit more of this story when it came out, and he was uncovering the abuses of the Vatican and and the finances there. His, he everyone that knows us should know we're going <laughs> live right now. Yeah, exactly. No, it's fine. Um, when he came out earlier and was and 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 he kind of he was exposing the finances. I do believe that he was he was probably possibly set up here, and how sick would it be for truly um, abusive priests to use such a horrendous thing to try to entrap another one another priest? And so two days before Cardinal Pell died, and so the questions would be, how did he die? He penned an article for the Spectator on the Catholic Synod of Bishops. And basically uh, asking them to rethink or calling them out on their new age version of Catholicism. So in, in this new Catholicism, uh, they wanted to discuss, and I don't mind women being ordained, but um, the different forms of sexuality, saying modern views of sexuality. They wanted to discuss homosexuality. They wanted to d discuss polygamy. They, uh, they, they threw out basically, uh, he's saying the document doesn't even urge Catholic participants to make disciples of all nations, much less to preach the savior in season and out of season. He says the first task for everyone and especially the teachers is to listen to the spirit. According to this recent update of the good news, Sid Sinod as a way of being for the church is not to be defined, but just to be lived. It resolves around five creative tensions, starting from radical inclusion and moving towards mission in a participatory style uh, practice. And he goes on to say that um, because of differences of, uh, of opinion on abortion, contraception, and the ordination of women to the priesthood and homosexual activity, some felt that no definitive positions on these issues can be established or proposed. And this is also true of polygamy and divorce and remarriage. Um, he said that um, what is one to make of this potpourri, this outpouring of new age goodwill? It is not a summary of Catholic faith or New Testament teaching. It is incomplete, hostile, insignificant ways to apostolic tradition and nowhere acknowledges the New Testament as the word of God, normative for all teaching on faith and morals. The Old Testament is ignored Patriarchy rejected and the Mosaic law, including the Ten Commandments, is not acknowledged. Um, and this was a scathing letter that he wrote. This was not the anonymous letter. This was in The Spectator two days before he died. Wow. And so there is an ongoing super battle between the Vatican and its left-leaning policies. And now Benedict and Pell are both dead. Well, and so it begs the question, did he die because this came out or did he have this kind of on his kill switch, release this right before if I'm if I'm getting ready to die, have it released? That's a good question. That's you a good know, question. That sort of thing. Now, Leah and I watched an absolutely phenomenal film this weekend. Um about the Catholic abuse uh, scandals in Boston. Yes, called Spotlight um, about the Boston Globe covering, uncovering the cover up 
of this abuse. And so when it comes to Cardinal Pell being accused of um, molesting little boys, we are always like, okay, if you're accused of it, then you're guilty of it just by nature, because we've seen what has happened in the Mm -hmm. Catholic church, not just the Catholic church. And I want to make this very, very clear. This kind of thing is happening in churches across denominations. The difference between what's happening in the Catholic church and then all of the other churches, there is an established worldwide system to cover it up. Right. Okay. So you're going to have abuses everywhere. It just seems like it is way more happening in the Catholic church. That was a bad sentence. Thank you for calling it out and looking at me. This is a vastly more egregious crime that is happening in the Catholic church because of the ability to cover it up. You don't have that ability to cover it up as much in Protestant churches because it's a network. They literally have a network. They have um, inside lawyers that are, I mean, the amount of money, like this is what's so sad. You want to know it's so sad that people that, that, pay their tithes to the Catholic church. Your money is going to pay off families who are victims of the pedophile of the priests because they pay off these families and shut them up. And the numbers are about 6% of Catholic priests are pedophile priests. Exactly. So huge numbers. So this, so it's very easy to want to look at Pell and go, well, you're in this system. You must be guilty because you're guilty until proven innocent in something like this, just because of your peers. Mm -hmm. That being said, in some sort of 4D chess, you can, it's not that difficult to go, well, the Catholic Church is so used to dealing with this that they know how they can shut up a priest mm-hmm. by just here, let's get a couple of kids to accuse this guy. And then, you know, it seems yeah. to me it's too easy to now hurl. I think the Catholic Church is using this against priests. Well, and the Catholic Church has uh, worldwide control and domination in, in several several areas of political influence. Yeah. So that's why we bring this to you guys. Um, now the rest of our show is going to be on Brazil So and the censorship. And I do have a really interesting clip, though, um, from Nigel Farage, who has on, and you guys are going to want Facebookers, come with me, and I'll play this clip first, because uh, I'm just not sure if Facebook will allow me to play it. A really great clip with Nigel Farage has on uh, four COVID treating doctors saying that they uh, treated all of their patients successfully mm-hmm. and no one needed to die. Wow. And it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, two years later, two years later, and they talk about what they use and, and it's the same things. We talk about what, what we've used and... Um, but before we go anywhere, before uh, we go anywhere, this is, a good, this is a good time to do this. I have put the link to the Rumble um, broadcast in the chat on Facebook. This is uh, this is literally a commercial break because Lee and I keep forgetting to do this. We are going to be part of a giveaway. And now we're not giving anything away, but Old School Survival Bootcamp is allowing us to give away to different platforms, okay, a total of 3 
all all weekend passes to the old school survival boot camp. Now I know this is our world news program, so we've got a lot of viewers from around the world. So so if you are viewing from around the world, I need you to just be patient. Um, but I don't know, maybe you want to make a trip to the old school survival boot camp. But last year, Leah, while I pull this up, tell them what we did. What is old school survival boot camp? Okay, so old school survival boot camp is basically it's kind of like a homesteading prepping survivalist uh, conference, a three day conference. You go, you camp. And there are all kinds of classes, whether it's blacksmithing, uh, 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 hide tanning, butchering. They will butcher a cow. They're going to butcher a pig. They're going to butcher chickens. So I want they you to look sheep husbandry at your screen right uh, now. Bug out bags. Leah, um, I, I put this little banner here. on. Just go to resistancechicks.com. Click here for the giveaway, Old School Survival Boot Camp, and click on that. Okay? And you have until uh, the end of January to enter. And then January 31st, we are going to draw a name. And draw three names. Three names. And you guys will win an adult pass. Now, if you go to Old School Survival Boot Camp's Facebook page. Well, first, how do they how do they submit on this page? You go, you click on the banner, you scroll down, and you've got a form, right? I do. I have a form. So this is how you enter to win one of the three passes that Resistance Chicks will be giving away. This is totally free for you guys to enter. All right. So you scroll down to the bottom. You're entering your first name, your last name, and your email, any comments that you have, and click submit. Don't forget to click submit. That's really, really important. But all of the information about the Old School Survival Boot Camp is there. It's a three-day immersive experience. You'll be camping out. More than likely, you yeah. can get a hotel if you want. You can bring an RV. We had somebody that came from Oregon last year from hearing about it with us. So just visit resistancechicks.com. Click on the banner check it out and 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 um enter into the drawing we will be doing a drawing i think on the the first friday show after the 31st i want to say it's like the second or something okay and then if you go to old school survival boot camp's facebook page and you like their page and you send them a message and say resistance chick sent me you can be entered in for a family pass and i have the link two adults and two or three kids i have the link to their facebook page right there in our article on this so all the information that you need is right there so i want to encourage you guys if you want to join with us this will be um in May, let me get the exact dates here. So May 12th through the 14th of this year, there are 138 classes. Leah and I will be teaching, I think, three or four of those classes. Uh, it's going to be a big weekend for us. There's a lot of people there, big names uh, and, and little names that will be showing you. It was when we went last year and we went to cover this, we were blown away by this the this stuff weekend we can learn I mean, yeah it was the, the medical the first aid the trauma classes it's just awesome and the camaraderie that you get oh, it's yeah. a family experience they have shirts and on the back of them they just say i found my people i found my people so if you're listening right. to resistance chicks more than likely these are your people these are your people so don't forget go to yeah. resistancechicks.com fill out the form to enter for the drawing i'm going to keep reminding you of it all the way up until the 31st and then that following friday when we do our, our weekly roundup of news we will draw three winners that will win a weekend pass which is absolutely very very generous of old school survival boot camp. Yes. All right. So Facebook, come join us, learn about uh, COVID treatments, and we're going to talk about Brazil. All right. So I've got the link there. So Facebook, we love you guys. Please don't like, don't leave us. Come and follow us. It's free. We don't have a mug club. This isn't Steven Crowder. This isn't a Patreon. This isn't, you'll get more content if you give us more money. We're just literally come to the, the, the free speech platform. That's all we're asking. It's like one click. It's not that difficult. All right. right, so if you scroll through, Michelle, I, I don't know if I have this one up. Just scroll through my Twitter. It's 
down, you'll see Nigel there with four doctors. But as uh, she brings this up, Dr. Syed Hyder, and we're going to have him on our show because he's done a really amazing summit. And it's called, and just go to my profile, long, uh, long Hauler COVID Summit. And it's not just for long haulers. It's for people who have been, scroll down. It's from a, uh, like a day. Okay, yesterday. I'll find it. Um, on how to treat yourself from vac- uh, vaccine injuries and, how, and, long COVID. and long COVID. And everybody should um, go and check it out. It's $50 for like 10 classes. Um, we've gotten it. We've had a friend who, who's gotten it, who's taken some ideas from, from that. Um, and so it's called longcovidreset.com. Long covidreset.com. I'm going to end. We have Dr. Hyder on our show regularly as far as regulars go, which we don't have a lot of regulars on our show, but uh, Dr. Syed Hyder is one of the ones that we do get on our show quite frequently. Yeah. And this well, summit is mind-blowing. So it's really been great, though, because he has his Twitter back. Yeah. And it's helped because right now, long COVID is trending. And you're going to get answers for things if you've got loss of ten- sense of taste and smell. Um, but all of the long haul symptoms could have been and should have been, um, they should have happened because of the, the early treatment protocols. But these are interesting things to have on hand that not everybody had on hand. And if these COVID treating doctors had been able to get, if you'd been able to get a hold of them early, you would yeah. have had the ivermectin. You would have had the hydroxychloroquine. Exactly. You would have had all these things and be able to, to really nip this in the bud. So go ahead and play this clip. I'm really proud of Nigel for taking this head on. I mean, this is absolutely outside of what Nigel does so let's go to dr robert Rapiti, who also is in south africa a gp in cape town robert can you hear me yeah i can hear you mr farage thank you for having me yeah I, I was asking your colleague before about the extent of censorship that that, that that was existing but can i ask you robert you know what are these treatments that you were using that were different to what the who and the other organizations were saying we should stick with I think for starters, firstly, uh, Mr. Farage, is that we didn't follow their narrative that said uh, you do not treat early, you send people home and you wait till they get half blue in the face. We treated them immediately because that's that's been the norm all the time. You treat, you get them in the bud early and, and you treat. And the, and the drugs we used were repurposed drugs. And I will list them for you very quickly. It's ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, uh, which is an anti-malarial drug repurposed, doxycycline, Erythromycin, and believe it or not, a, a pump that's used for asthma, um, budenazide pump, and then we use the antihistamines, and, and and it depended on the the presentation of the case. We use prednisone, colloidal silver as a, uh, uh, to uh, nebulize with. And then there were non-medical uh, pharmaceutical stuffs like vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, a simple thing like saline washes in the nose and the throat because 90% of your virus resides in the nose and throat. You wash that out twice a day. They did a study in Lucknow where they did uh, two medical, yeah, uh, uh, in a, a medical group. R- Robert, medical I'm gonna, st- Robert, I'm going to, Robert, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there. You've given us a very comprehensive list, but I'm going to go now to Malibu in the USA and talk to Dr. Sabine Hazan. Uh, Dr. Hazan, can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? 
Can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to ask. Yes, I can. Just to ask. You know, Robert there gave a list of drugs that were used that you guys believe to be, if they're diagnosed correctly, up to 100% effective. Why? If a big group of doctors like you have this level of conviction, why, oh, why, oh, why, were the WHO and the FDA not prepared to listen? Because they're not listening to doctors on the front line that have treated, and that should have been the number one thing to do, is listening to doctors that have risked their lives to go treat patients and expose themselves to patients. I'm gonna show you two pictures. Oxygen saturation, 73%. Four days later, 95%. Do you see that? Now, treatment yep. did that. At home, no oxygen. Treatment did that. Understanding the virus, understanding that to kill a virus, you need a strong gut microbiome. That was the most important thing to understand from this pandemic. And that was not explored and that was censored. And by the way, I'm not part of the frontline MD. I just want to explain. I was actually the physician that did the clinical trials on hydroxychloroquine z and ivermectin doxycycline with okay. the FDA watch. So important fact. Okay, fine. No, I'm going to leave. I'm going to, I'm going to give a final word on this, a final short word on this to Dr. Jackie Stone, British GP currently in Zimbabwe. So Jackie, could we have saved ourselves in this country, you know, 500 billion sterling if we've listened to you guys? I would have said 549 billion sterling, Nigel, because <laughs> you had about 25 million, <laughs> you had about 25 million cases and if you treated them with safe repurposed medications that would have cost you about 50 us dollars say 50 quid a patient you would have spent 1.25 billion dollars you have basically wasted 549 billion by spending it on unnecessary testing and spending it on hospitalizations because not a single patient should have died Okay, look, you've made the case. I thank all of you mm. for coming on and giving an alternative view. Wow. Not a single patient should have died. And here's the reason, here's the thing though. This doesn't mean that we, sometimes we say not a single patient should have died and it's no big deal. No, it is a really big deal and people died. Okay, we, we worked, we had it in our house and it was horrible. And Michelle's still dealing with a loss of t sense of taste and smell. And we're still trying to figure that out. Okay, that's because this is a bioweapon that was released upon the entire world. But God, God spoke to Dr. Zelenko and God worked through other doctors who were praying and like asking Pierre, and people Corey. that didn't even, weren't even praying. People that just were looking for answers and God actually just worked through them because he was working through anybody at that time to save lives. And they found that it, it's amazing that they would find that ivermectin worked. It's amazing that uh, Dr. Zelenko actually heard from God, try hydroxychloroquine, try uh, the azithromycin, which is the z back, which is an antibiotic. Which they said would not work on the virus. Exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, uh, speaking of hearing from God, let's, and I, I know we've said this on the show before, but I want to repeat. Leah and I got COVID uh, January 1st of 2020. It was I actually got it like December 30th, skipped a day. My uncle had surgery. God 
kept me from being, you know, deadly ill or whatever. And then when I, when, when he was home and everything was safe, then my body shut down and, and I had COVID. We didn't know what it was then. You then caught what we then kind of suspected was maybe COVID because you had well, the dry cough. It was interesting. Whatever COVID was. It either morphed or was more than one thing. It had different, but you got it from me because you literally, because I had something. So I had a dry cough you had for different two symptoms. weeks that didn't go away. And in the beginning, they kept saying dry cough, dry cough, dry and cough, And they said, cough. absolutely, unequivocally, antibiotic will not work. And our mom came to Leah and said, I never pulled the mom card. And my mom, I don't think she ever has pulled the mom card until this moment in our t entire lives. I'm your mom. Take the uh, antibiotic. We had one on hand. Um, you, you save those things. She said, take this antibiotic. Leah, how how quickly were you better? In 24, 48 hours. And your cough was so bad that I could hear you from the next room all but night long. But it was long. interesting it was that I didn't have other symptoms. To. I wasn't sick or lethargic. Right. I was just coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing. So there was that. But then what we got with the Delta was completely different or whatever you want to call it. It was a year, year later. It was nothing like any sickness. It wasn't last year. It was it two was years ago. It was a bioweapon on steroids. Now, it's Jim West says, uh, I had really strong COVID, had just finished antibiotics, so my gut biome wasn't able to fight a thing. So you were already on antibiotics. Then you got COVID. And then, like you said, you're, then your gut biome can't do anything so to fend off. We have what to do if you get the bug. Just go to our website, type in bug, okay? And what you want to do is you want to have a nebulizer on hand, okay? And you want to have, if you if you go to um, my go-to doc, they will help you have the medications on hand um, beforehand. And that's my first recommendation. So when it, first, we're going to just enter bug in the search bar on resistancechicks.com. Mm -hmm. And there are uh, a couple of different things that you want. This one, what to do if your family gets the bug and what to do before you get the bug. Both of these articles are going to give you what, what that one doctor was saying. Leah and I are not medical professionals, but we could treat COVID right now because we've been through it and we know these protocols inside and out. Just go to these on resistancechicks.com. Well, what, what we can do, we can treat it, we would treat it for ourselves. We can treat ourselves for COVID because we have this stuff on hand. You want to get this stuff on hand for your, for yourself, for your family. Um, if you get past the, you know, I don't even know if this Delta thing is still going around. That was horrible. And if you got past 10 days and you still had COVID and you're still b battling it, uh, the inflammation in your body begins to take over and then things really begin to shut down. And that's when you need the pregnizone and the steroids. And I would also add to all that Leah is saying here is there's two different things that happened. When we got the Delta in September of 2021, our entire family went down. Leah was given grace by God to not be feeling as sick as she actually was so that she could treat us. I had long COVID immediately. My head was was pounding. So we kept treating my treating me for COVID for months and for long COVID for months to get the inflammation down. And what down. were we doing? We were using mostly anti-inflammatory, anything that had anti-inflammatory properties. Okay. There were a whole host of, there were prescribed drugs that we were Tell doing. Tell people what we were doing because they need to know. So we were doing ivermectin. Yes. Uh, uh, steroids. Every day. Uh, fluvoxamine. There was a shake called Inflamacore that I was taking every single day. These were very expensive. I think we spent thousands of dollars on getting me well. There was another one called uh, Mitocore that I was taking every day. I was taking a prescription drug called... Um, this is why I didn't tell them because I couldn't remember what they were. There are different things that you can take but to treat these things. they don't even know those ones. 
basically, if you've got long haulers, just go to you need to just go to my go-to doc and go to the but, website. What? But to have on hand beforehand, you can. There are pharmacies in India. Okay, the number one drug to have on hand is ivermectin. Is ivermectin but what I the punchline that I wanted to get to was you lost. 85% of your hair, even though you didn't have COVID as bad as I did, and you didn't have long haulers as bad as I did, my theory is the reason why I only lost 35% of my hair, even though I had more to lose uh, to, to begin with, I just started out with more hair, is because we were consistently treating me. Afterwards. So I think mm -hmm. that if you have COVID to any degree, you should continue to take, uh, this is not a prescription, just you should follow the long haulers protocol. Let yeah. me put it that way, okay? Every person that has ever had COVID, probably even to this day, you should be doing the things to kind of still repair your system is the so, best way I can word that. So, NAC, vitamin D3, um, zinc, melatonin. Selenium, glutathione, apple pectin. Yeah. I could go on. A lot of those things to have on hand, but I wanted to actually just give like a couple for people to have on hand rather than everything. Quercetin, vitamin C, vitamin D3. Okay. These are your top three and ivermectin. These are your top four. Okay. Cause you get lost in the quagmire of getting everything that you get so confused and you just go down all these rabbit trails. Well, I would add a fifth and that would be a nebulizer. Well, that's not a medicine, but to have a nebulizer on hand, Yes, um, and you can do collodial silver nebulization, and you have to look that up, or saline nebulizations. Uh, Dr. Hyder talks about um, iodine nebulizers and um, peroxide. peroxide nebulizers. That has to be done specifically, makes you follow all the instructions. So anyway, my point is that we do not need to be afraid. And then the number one thing that he said, and then we can get back to, to the news stories here, was um, the kind of saline slush, or slush, <laughs> flushing of the system of the nasal passages because in your nose and in your throat is where these viruses are replicating. So Jim West points out, and Jim, we have your package. We have to open that today. Um, Jim West points out that you should be doing these flushes whenever you get off of an airplane. That's it. Yes, exactly. So just get, take some saline solution with you. Flush your nose. We take these, you can do it in the shower with we the take pot. these oil with us and put it on your hands and just kind of put it around our nose. It's got cloves, cinnamon, lemon, and eucalyptus just to kind of they're very antibacterial and antiviral. Um, go ahead. And I think this is one you're going to have to bring up. This is Matthew uh, Tiermond here on uh, War Room. Um, and we're going to go to Brazil. All right, here we go. And you guys, you guys came, we're like, I came from Brazil, and then we did all of that. But it is really important because a lot of people are still getting sick. They're threatening to release new things. People are dropping like flies for various reasons. Let's just make sure we have all of our ammo at, at, at the ready, okay? And I think that that's the most important thing. So thank you guys for being patient through that. But I hope it's information that you will value and utilize. Tiermond, uh, you called this. Uh, for months and months and months, that that Lula was not just a transnational criminal, but the people around him in the judiciary. This is this is, and I know you're of Polish descent, uh, so it affects you viscerally. This is this is uh, Joseph Stalin. This is the way the Stalinists ran. I mean, these guys are smash mouth, hardball, sir. What is going on? Yeah, no good news. Uh, sometimes you hate being right, and this is one of those situations. You and I were talking about Brazil for months. The most important electoral battle of 2022 against global communism. And it looks like global communism just picked up a big one, and they are not wasting any time, as they do not. 
to consolidate it and clamp down and really turn Brazil into Venezuela. You know, as I said on one on one segment, they've gone from zero to Stalin in no time. It is even with my cynicism, and you know, you know how cynical I am. I am shocked. Uh, we talked about what happened on Sunday the eighth. Uh, a, a template uh, learned from January sixth. Uh, you know, coax them in. And then, you know, show uh, that your agent provocateurs are destroying everything and then arrest all the patriots and send a message to the rest of the country. And that is what they're doing. They created a gulag we talked about earlier this week. Well, the gulag that they created in the federal police uh, district training facility where they rounded up 1,700 people, old women, old men, young kids, male, female, uh, every race, every color of the Brazilian uh, racial ethnographic spectrum, Brazilian patriots through and through. We have video of them now that the fog of war is, uh, is over because the Brazilians are so good with social media and using the technology at their fingertips. We have video of them getting into arguments with the agent provocateurs. Don't ruin this. Don't break this. Don't break this window. This is our house. They were trying to show peacefully, as they had done 72 days previous, because these are peaceful, prayerful, patriotic warriors. They were trying to show a show of strength that they have a cross-section of society. And what did they do? They got cornered. They got gulagged. We had uh, at least one woman die from dehydration. Uh, the, you know, unconfirmed, but some of the patriots on the ground say four to five people have died in this process. They had then taken some of the older people, some of the kids, and they have released them, but not before a full Stalinist denunciation of themselves and their own activity. Sign on the dotted line. What am I signing? It says, I am a terrorist. I went to war against the democratic institutions of my country, and they released people pending that, no legal counsel. The men and younger and more able-bodied females have gone into a federal penitentiary. No charges, no due process, no investigation, no trial, and they are now in jail. And uh, Gateway Pundit had a, uh, a great uh, letter, open letter from a source on the ground describing the conditions. Absolutely inhumane. They have not spoken to lawyers. So we're seeing, you know, a January 6th framework. Uh, and now they're, you know, we were talking about this offline. What did the Soviets call everybody who stood in the way of their ideological capture of society? Subversives. They're calling them, the Brazilian left, the judiciary is calling them terrorists, which gives that even more, uh, you know, of big leap veil of, oh, no, we're protecting democracy from the terrorists who are patriots. And to see them trapped like sardines in these small facilities, uh, wrapped, literally cloaked in the Brazilian flag to keep warm at night, kids lying on the Brazilian flag as a mat. I mean, talk about a, a powerful poetic optic and symbol, uh, but the judiciary's clamping down. They have gone absolutely hog wild on the censorship. Journalists kicked off. They kicked off Joe Bimpon News. It cannot broadcast. That's Brazil's equivalent of Fox News. Our friend Paulo Figueiredo has been deplatformed. All of the right-wing journalists have been deplatformed. The extradition notices are being drawn up for the journalists and pastors and activists who are here in the U.S. who have residents who are, uh, who if they're not citizens, but they're just, uh, they're residents, uh, they're going to be attempted to be extradited. Several they're putting out red notices for. They're reiterating the call for Alan Dos Santos and some of the really leading journalists. Alan Dos Santos has been pursued by them now for years and he's been in the U.S. and they're going to try and extradite him. Bolsonaro, it just showed, they uh, they said today, Wall Street Journal picked it up, that they are now pinning it on him by sowing distrust in the election system by, for instance, pushing for paper and auditable ballots. How novel, something you can audit. Uh, he has stimulated and catalyzed this. So now they're going to try and force him back to Brazil, as you and I talked about. We predicted it, right? Everybody did not prevail 
everybody was going to jail. This is they used a Hitler Reichstag fire. This is what Hitler did in the 30s to cement power because moments after the arson from the Reichstag, he took much greater power. Well, this is coming out of the judiciary. And I'll, I'll make a point right here. Lula is a, a queen of England. He is a figurehead. Lula is not the dictator of Brazil. It is Marias. It is the guy who's been cementing power, who appointed himself from chief justice of the Supreme Court to chief justice of the Electoral Court to oversee and administer the elections, who used that court to say to anybody that was suggesting that the election might have some anomalies or not be totally above board, that he would then use that as an arrest uh, warrant, uh, the pretext to, to silence them and shut them up, to put them in ankle bracelets. Well, ankle bracelets are going to look downright uh, luxurious compared to what's coming. They are going full gulag. They're putting them in jail, and it is absolutely gross. Even Glenn Greenwald, who helped build this, by the way, he was the one cheerleading from the from the Western uh, English language press that Bolsonaro is horrible, blah blah blah, and and cheerleading uh, the you know the fight back for Lula and the globalists. And now he's giving a press conference on Rumble at uh, seven o'clock to say that the censorship has gone too far because now they're trying to censor him. So you know what? It's the Niemöller poem playing out in front of us. First they came for the socialists, then they came for the trade unions, then they came for the Jews, and then they came for me. And they are clamping down, and Marias, he should be in the Hague, and I don't know when he's going to get there, but it's not soon enough, because people are dying. They're dying in that uh, makeshift gulag, they're dying in the prisons. Oh, and the most important thing you and I talked about this morning, forced vax to everybody they put into this federal penitentiary. If this is not a violation of the Geneva Convention. The Geneva Convention is worthless. Where is Human Rights Watch? Where is Amnesty International? Where is the United Nations Charter for Indigenous Rights, given that chief of the Javansi tribe, uh, Ciceri, is still in prison because he is a brave soul with faith and he is not signing the denunciation letter that they've been torturing him to try and get him to sign. This is the worst communist takeover ever. People forget Chavez was elected not stolen. He was freely elected. Maybe there, it wasn't until later he created those machines and held the referendum in O2 to cement power and dissolve yeah. all the separated. Okay, you can pause one, that there. And well, then let's also clarify for some people, maybe you literally only get your world news from watching Resistance Chicks every week, and that's great if you, if you do. What The protests that have broken out in Brazil have now seen an arrest of 1500 people and they are holding a lot of people without any resources yeah. in essentially what's a nazi style concentration camp mm -hmm. okay now we have footage of them praying in these camps um there are they are actually like um matthew Tierman just said they are arresting these people putting them in jail they yeah. are forced vaccinating them if they do get incarcerated yes okay so this is uh, at out of everything that we could cover today, guys, this is the most important thing going on in the world right now. It certainly is. And I want to find you um, Tucker Carlson's clip here. Okay, now this was from the 9th, and Tucker Carlson was covering the, the Brazilian protests. And then we're going to show you guys some footage out of the concentration, the, the concentration camp. camp and the Let's we'll just call it what it is. So thanks to what was very clearly a rigged election, a convicted criminal called Lula da Silva is now the president of the most important country in South America. Millions of people in Brazil understand exactly what happened. They know that their democracy has been hijacked, possibly forever. But there's not much they can do about that. Lula may be a criminal, in fact he is, but he has the full support of both the Biden administration and the Chinese government. 
So yesterday, in frustration, a group of Brazilian protesters swarmed their legislature. Watch. Let's just, oh shoot, I wanted to just take a look at this picture real quick. What you're seeing there? is a giant field of people, and again, them saying that this is their January 6th, and this is so eerily familiar. Um, that these people are just there to peacefully protest, and you've got all of these police. They're standing behind kind of the the, the shields. They are shooting, who knows what gas, tear gas, out into the crowds. I mean, this is this is absolutely stunning to me to to see. Now, you may actually have seen some of that video in the United States over the last couple of days, and you saw it because it has political uses. What's happened in Brazil is being likened to January 6th, and of course, populist leaders in this country are being blamed for it. Oh, it was Trump and Steve Bannon who did it. That's not true, but even if it were true, it would be just the tail end of the story. It would be the result of something that happened before. So the obvious question is, why are protesters in Brazil so angry? Well, they're angry because the new Lula government has eliminated their most basic civil liberties. Lula is working to turn Brazil into a Chinese-style dictatorship, and he's doing it very quickly with maximum aggression. Now, our media don't want to talk about that. They refuse to. Why? Well, for reasons that should make you very nervous. Yes, exactly. All right, so let's go over some of these articles. If we bring up the Zero Hedge article, speaking of uh, being nervous... The censorship, mass arrest and federal intervention in Brazil after Bolsonaro supporters stormed the government building. So President Lula has declared a federal intervention until January 31st in response to the protest, while police could be seen arresting dozens of people. Um, you can play that uh, video. There you go. Mass arrest of pro-Bolsonaro protesters at the presidential palace. That you saw the next video. So... Um, Scrolling down, images show Brazil's Supreme Court completely destroyed. Scroll down to the next one. There you go. Whoa, sorry, guys. That's the same one. And then uh, footage shows destruction after far-right group supporting Bolsonaro oh, broke the palace. Far-right, and we are thinking agents provocateurs. Exactly. Really familiar. Scroll down. And if you can't uh, contain the protests, then you would stage something like this. That's mm -hmm. the only, they learned very quickly that here in the United States, it was the only way to get it to stop. Right. Look at all those people. They've been previously completely nonviolent. 
So is it, uh, are we looking at people that are just fed up and then you get pushed so far and then all of a sudden you just snap? Or are we looking at people that are infiltrating and planning and organizing? We know very clearly that they did that to yeah. us in January 6th. I'm going to be inclined to think that that's yeah. what's happening the there. The protesters are calling for a military intervention to overthrow President uh, Lula, who was inaugurated last week. Hundreds of people have been camped in front of the Army headquarters in Brazil. Footage shared on social media showed hundreds of people pouring into the building. The protesters were met with uh, tear gas. But again, most of the people in the crowd that you're looking at here are just walking. You're so, not doing anything. Yeah, you do have CNN and MSNBC and everybody um, saying now these this is this is a January sixth, you know, all, all of that stuff. Okay, so I'm going to go over here to this Gateway pundit. Glenn Greenwald is reporting on the increase in censorship in Brazil, and Elon Musk is actually listening. Paul uh, Sarin shared information on the increase of censorship of the truth in Brazil after communist Lula took over the country by stealing the recent election. Sarin's truth social media post included a tweet by Glenn Greenwald, an American independent journalist who lives in Brazil. Twitter already banned one of those ordered suspended. This is basically the Joe Rogan of Brazil, a widely popular podcaster banned from YouTube for arguing states should have no power to ban political parties. He then moved to Rumble, but there are many more. Uh, Elon Musk responded to a tweet by Glenn Greenwald about, this, uh, about the censorship in Brazil that is multiplying with recent communist takeover by Lula, and he says this is extremely concerning. Greenwald responded to Elon saying, yes, very. I discussed and read the full tran uh, translated order starting at this timestamp. Key passages are below. The key contests are two New York Times articles which warn of how dangerous this judge has become in his virtually unlimited powers of censorship and uh, being able to detain people and Elon Musk says is it just one judge the communist takeover of Brazil and South America is in full effect um, the next article here is Brazil is going full gulag this is the worst communist takeover ever the U.S. has begun deporting Brazilian opposition leaders to the gulags as evidence mounts the January 8th riots were staged. U.S. journalist Glenn Greenwald complained about the communist takeover he helped enable. <laughs> um, Chief Justice Alexander Moraes is making himself chief censor of the world, Greenwald said, speaking to Steve Bannon. Uh, Brazil observer Matt Tierman said that he, they are going full gulag. This is the worst communist takeover ever. Senator Mark, uh, Marcos Doval says he has new evidence against the incoming leftist justice minister Flavio Dino in the so-called storm of the National Congress January 8th and will ask for Dino's removal and arrest. Uh, Dino was, quote, aware of the risk of hostile actions and damage to the government buildings on January 8th. In a letter sent the day before to the governor of the federal district, um, Rocha, the minister, said that he had been informed by the federal police of an intense movement of people who, dissatisfied with the result of the 2022 elections, organized bus care fans to move to Brazil. According to reports, this movement would have the intention of promoting hostile actions and damages against public buildings of the ministries, the National Congress, the Presidential Palace, the Federal Supreme Court, and possibly other bodies such as the Supreme Electoral Court. Uh, at the same time, the new Lula government announced it would press charges against former President uh, Bolsonaro. Chief Justice uh, Moraes approved a request by the Attorney General to investigate uh, Bolsonaro for the instigation of undemocratic acts uh, that revolt resulted in vandalism and violence. This particularly I ironic 
because this is particularly ironic because Bolsonaro disappointed many supporters by not calling the election stolen or taking any steps to prevent Lula from taking over. In 72 days of protest, Bolsonaro spoke to supporters only once uh, to lead them in prayer in a tearful scene with his wife. 41 U.S. Democrats have called for revoking Bolsonaro's visa, who is staying in Florida, presumably so that he can put uh, he can be put in the uh, LULAG, too, along with the rest of the U.S.-based uh, opposition. Uh, U.S. police officers in Florida were seen uh, deporting former Secretary of Security and Federal District uh, Anderson Torres on Friday night. Um, Brazilian police uh, raided Torres' house and allegedly found a draft decree proposing the introduction of martial law to overturn the result of the country's presidential election. But let pause right there in all of your reading and just, just break this down. It sounds insane. Like, well, they wanted to impose martial law to protest this. More than the United States, Brazil actually has the ability in place right. to do exactly what they did or attempted to do very legally mm -hmm. there was and and i will say this what we were trying to do on january 6th which was to have all of the evidence heard mm -hmm. was also a very legal part of our mm -hmm. process and yeah. what happens when the left or the globalists or just evil satanic nymphs get a hold yeah. of this is they take something that is perfectly legal and they sensationalize it to say oh and then you all of a sudden think that this is completely out of left field how dare you this is conspiracy you know theory land when they actually had everything that they needed in place to contest what had happened in their 2022 elections yeah using the military to do so by the way yeah Exactly. And to impose martial law. All right. Cry for help from Brazilian concentration camp. Just shoot us and take all, all our money. Uh, about uh, 1,200 political prisoners have been taken to federal prison in Brazil for terrorism. This shocking open letter reaches us from a Brazilian patriot. Um, on Sunday, August 1st, you saw images and news from the leftist media stations of the storm of the National Congress. It was a giant setup for us. Oh, so it was. This is the letter. Sorry. Right? This is the letter. It, this is August... a letter. A call for help on wait, Sunday. Wait, wait. On Sunday, January eighth. Yes. It was because their numbers yeah. are last. You saw images and news from the leftist media stations of the storm of the National Congress. It was a giant setup for us law-abiding citizens who were fighting for our freedom, for clean elections, and for our beloved Brazil. We are Brazilians who were betrayed by those who should be defending us. We went to the government quarter on Sunday not to break or destroy because we are peaceful Christians, elderly people, women, children, indigenous people, and decent law-abiding men. We left our homes all over Brazil to come and defend our constitution, which has been torn and trampled on by the Brazilian justice system, who released a criminal from prison and had him elected. How can we accept a communist criminal in power if we didn't vote for him? We wanted to see the source codes of the election software because we're pretty sure we've been robbed. Then came the persecution, the arrests, the tortures of those who spoke out about the election fraud. We spent 70 days camped in front of the military HQ because it was a way of protesting and we felt safe there. The armed forces embraced us. We 
we thought, but then the persecution began. An Indian chief and Pastor Jose Asilco um, was arrested and abused, Pastor Fabino and many others who are still in prison. But the corrupt media that attacks us now never reported any of this. They sent the police several times to take us out and arrest us, but the armed forces did not allow it. People started to arrive from all over Brazil. By Sunday, we had more than 8 million people protesting in Brasilia. We wanted to march to the federal district in Plan Planetalto, as we always did in peace. Much to our surprise, hundreds of strangers showed up and joined us wearing Brazil jerseys like we do. They started screaming and smashing their way into the federal buildings with sticks and weapons, breaking everything. We started screaming for them not to commit vandalism, but they didn't listen. To our surprise, some of these people were already inside the restricted areas and government buildings. How did they get in? Even police officers were breaking things. So the Rio Times says, has any authority ever clarified who the people were and why they were already inside the building before the alleged, alleged Bolsonarist invasion? So how did those people get there already in the building? The question has to be answered this is and you know what i find really almost encouraging because of this and i'm not saying that this is encouraging they just they're like we got away with this at january 6th let's do it again here down in brazil yeah. and it's they're not going to get away with this so we ran back to the military headquarters but the trap was expertly prepared the corrupt left-wing press, who never reported about us or the persecution we experienced at the hands of the Supreme Court and this illegitimate government, started showing oh, wait, images that. of these communist infiltrators breaking everything. That was the plan, to be able to arrest us and call us terrorists. They are the real terrorists who destroyed, set fire, and vandalized everything. We weren't just betrayed by the left because we already knew that. The biggest betrayal was by the armed forces because they lived with all of us and know us and what we are like. We returned to the camp and were shaken by what they were saying about us, calling us terrorists and threatening to arrest us. We are hardworking people, housewives, law-abiding citizens. Many were there with their families. We cry a lot. At night, we saw the army surround the base. We thought they would protect us from arrest. Some of the generals said they were going to a meeting and left. We tried to sleep. At 7 a.m., the base commander spoke with us with the megaphone and said, You have one hour to dismantle the camp and vacate the area. Buses are waiting for you. Go in peace. We started to leave, sadly but orderly. When we got to the buses, we saw that they were not our buses, but we were forced to get on board. That's when we became prisoners. Wow. Then our torture began. They drove around the city for three hours, showing us off as trophies, like a communist dictatorship. Almost everyone had to stand because there wasn't room for everyone to sit. We let the elderly and wheelchair users sit and stayed standing. We asked them to stop the bus because people had to go to the bathroom, but they didn't respond. So people had to go to the bathroom right there. Sweaty, tired, and in pain, we arrived at the Federal Police Academy where they put us in a gym with a room uh, for not even 500. There were 1,600 people packed like sardines, and you can play a video here. Many stayed on the patio outside. It was like a Nazi concentration camp. Mental. And physical torture because they didn't give us food or water all day long. A lady died, and then a man died that night. They began to give us bread and water. Elderly people, women, and people with wheelchairs, children were separated from their parents and taken away. Can you imagine how the parents feel? We were treated worse than criminals or dangerous drug smugglers. What kind of country is this? Where uh, were the real criminals are in government, starting with the new ministers, who each has at least 10 cases of corruption. 
Are we who left our homes to fight for freedom, our beloved Brazil, going to be left to suffer, to die? Now they are going to send us to prison along with dangerous criminals. Maybe some will be released, probably the elderly. We will be registered as terrorists. Our lives will be destroyed because we will never again be able to work or leave the country. Everyone is wondering, where are the conservative politicians? Where are the representatives of churches? Where is the Bar Association? Not even lawyers are getting through to us. Um, how, honestly, it would be better to shoot us now and take us out of our ministry. W ministry. When we pray, they tell us to shut up. The suffering is so great. And when we read here on the internet, they are calling us terrorists. It burns like a fire in our heart because everyone knows we are not terrorists. Many conservative politicians are being cowards and condemning uh, what we are accused of having done, but we didn't do it. There are videos on the internet. They know we are innocent. It was a setup. The videos are there to prove it, but they don't want to see. We are alone and abandoned. We have only God left. Most of us don't want to live any longer, so we ask the world, the international human rights community, to help us. They have killed many of us, uh, but none of uh, this is reported. Many people have this innocent blood on their hands, especially the armed forces. You are genocidal. You use us as cannon fodder. I hope you have divine justice, cowards. And then um, Steve Bannon um, is actually headed to court, and he says the elections were stolen. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, and even... Well, after all that, and that was really hard to listen to and go through, and I and I get that. Let's go ahead and just play the um, the video of them all praying mm -hmm. to kind of as a, like a palate cleanser here. Let me just add this. Um... So that's really powerful. Um, that's the concentration camp. Yeah, there. Th that is the yes. So Brazil has a very large Protestant, um, really spiritual yeah. population, charismatic people. Yeah, who took into their own hands, not standing up to, to standing up against corruption. Yeah, and that's what you have to do. Um, if you bring up the Glenn Greenwald video and play it right around maybe the um, the twenty nine minute. Mark or just the one to the left. Got it. Twenty nine minutes. Just around there. Just kind of go forward a little bit. Anywhere right there. Yeah. Okay. Just Hang on a second here. Let's switch the screens. Despite no trial, presumably not having been notified of any of this, just like a person whom we're about to interview despite being part of this order, was never notified. He is now banned from appearing on essentially all social media sites that have any audience by an order of a single Supreme Court justice who was elected by nobody. That is the list here. The last person on that list on Facebook is a gentleman by the name of Alan Rick. Alan Rick is a journalist in Brazil. He, I believe, is a lawyer. I'll check that. He is a evangelical pastor, and he has been a member of Congress, an elected member of Congress since 2014. 
20, they serve two-year terms. So every two years, members of, I'm sorry, every four years. So every four years, they're required to run for re-election. So he was re-elected, he was elected in 2014 to represent his constituents. He was re-elected in 2018. And then this year, he ran for the Senate, which requires at least a million votes in order to win. I don't know his exact vote total. But he was elected to the Senate, so he's now a senator-elect, having moved from the Congress where he served since 2014 to the Senate. He, too, by order that has no trial, no due process, is now banned from speaking on major social media platforms by an order of a single judge without due process, someone who was just elected as a senator. Here on Instagram, you see Monarch, who is a, I would call him the Joe Rogan of Brazil. Monarch is, Monarch is essentially the most popular podcaster in all of Brazil. He has uh, gathered an enormous following, just like Joe Rogan. He's kind of uh, known for not being part of the right or the left, just like Joe Rogan. He's not part of any party. He kind of modeled his show after Joe Rogan's, in fact. It goes for three hours or four hours. He usually has a guest or two with whom he speaks. He became so popular on YouTube that every single Brazilian politician, left and right, was desperate to get on his show, just like they're desperate to get on Joe Rogan's. I've been on that show, I think, three times. But many, many people, including the highest level politicians, were going on that show. And then Monarch got banned last year from YouTube because he opined that he disagrees with the laws in Brazil that give the government the power to ban certain political parties, including the Nazi party. He was making very clear he's not a supporter of the Nazi party. He's not a Nazi. He hates Nazism. He just doesn't think the state should have the right to ban political parties. In other words, he took the position that the United States government and its Supreme Court and Constitution has taken, which is that obviously in the United States, the state has no, they have any opportunity to defend themselves for posts on social media that he said attack Brazilian institutions. He didn't order them censored, he ordered them jailed with no trial. So do you see why I say that in my entire career as a journalist, the only time I've ever wondered to myself, should I really be questioning or challenging or critiquing this political official is this person? who has gone so far that he's willing to order people imprisoned without a trial for criticizing him. The New York Times goes on, quote, he has also ordered social networks to remove thousands of posts and videos with little room for appeal. And this year, 10 of the court's 11 justices sentenced a congressman to nearly nine years in prison for making what they said were threats against them in a live stream. Political leaders on the left, listen to this, political leaders on the left, and much of the Brazilian press and public have largely supported Mr. Moraes' actions as necessary measures to counter the singular threat posed by Bolsonaro. Remember that video by Sam Harris that went viral. This is what he was saying, that there's a, a threat posed by Donald Trump that is so singular in nature that anything and everything that's done in the name of stopping Donald Trump, including lying, censorship, deceiving the public, authoritarianism, 
is justified this goes to because show you just what a good guy bolsonaro is that he is a singular threat to their system exactly all right so uh here's glenn again what right does a brazilian judge have to order foreign platforms to ban politicians and journalists from their platform and threaten them with massive fines if they don't censor or on command uh morris is now making himself chief censor not only of brazil but of the world uh, Brazilian authorities granted the country's elections chief broad power to order the takedown of online content in a bid to combat soaring misinformation. Um, this is, uh, I don't think this is in English. But this is a Portuguese deputy, Andre Ventura, called Lula a criminal, which he was, that he is. They pulled him out of jail to run and was reprimanded by the president of the assembly. The deputy said that he maintains his speech due to the evidence that shows Lula's crimes and that he is not afraid of consequences as he is worried about Brazilians. Um, he says, says, I'm also someone who has been targeted with the same attacks by the same people. In fact, far worse, since I don't remember then trying to imprison you for 326 years as they did me. So I'm lying. Is the New York Times saying all the same things also lying? Um, cause he's going back and forth with somebody saying, um, the censorship isn't that real. This is... Ah, ditadura, já! <laughs> já começou! Caralho! You can't, you can't hear him. Caralho! You don't know what he's saying, but this is Brazil's, um, Joe Rogan. He even has the same curtain, like, in the background. Right. Joe. Wake up, wake up, people. You're living in a dictatorship already now. That's really It's wild. already started. Wake up. I had it as down as low as it could go. Um... <laughs> Let's see here. Let's go over here. Uh, communism is real. This is Nicolas Ferreira. Uh, I am the most voted congressman in Brazil. I had all my social networks censored by the Supreme Court. 14.5 million followers. I do not have access to the process, and they did not disclose the reason. It's officially forbidden to disagree in Brazil. Um, the censorship regime implemented in Brazil makes the U.S. and EU look like bastions of liberty. Ten members of Congress, including some with the highest... Uh, nation's highest vote totals have been banned by this judge from social media. Imagine Matt Gates being banned. Sure, or, exactly. Uh, and then we have Glenn Greenwald about Nicholas Freira, the most voted congressperson, um, being banned. Nicholas Freira. Freira. Nicholas Freira is a 26-year-old Brazilian who's a supporter of President Jair Bolsonaro. He became a popular social media star on both YouTube and TikTok and Facebook. And he converted that popularity into a successful run for Congress. He was just elected at the age of 26 to the Brazilian Congress. Obviously, he was elected by the Brazilian people who chose him as the person they want representing him in the democratic bodies of Brazil. Not only was Nicolas Ferreira, someone with whom I have not just disagreements, but I can't think of a single matter on which I agree with Nicholas Ferreira, other than perhaps the evil of censorship. But not only did he win in his campaign, he received 1.4 million votes. 1.4 million Brazilians in his state voted for him to represent them in Congress, which happened to be, by a good margin, the greatest number of people, the highest vote total any congressional candidate in Brazil received this year. There are tens of thousands of people who run for Congress across Brazil, each trying to represent their state in order to represent, to, to become a member of Congress. And of these tens of thousands of people who ran, this one individual, Nicolas Ferreira, received the most votes of any other candidate in Brazil on the left or the right. 
And now by order of the Supreme Court, despite no trial, presumably not having been notified of any of this, just like a person whom we're about to interview, despite being part of this order, was never notified, he is now banned from appearing on essentially all social media sites that have any audience. That and they always try to shut you up. And yeah. that's how we know which, when you're on the side of right, when they're trying to, to censor you. Bill has been erupting major clashes between the country's corrupt government and its citizens. This all began with their presidential election, which many in that country believe was rigged, resulting in convicted felon and socialist Lula da Silva being placed in office as president. Ever since then, protests have been erupting across the country, led by supporters of their former president, you remember him from when Trump was in, Bolsonaro. So, who's right? The people? The government. People of Brazil believe the election was stolen by Lula and his fellow socialists. And they are unhappy with the theft of their democracy. With that, they've been taken to the streets in protest, which has led to a massive group of unhappy voters entering Brazil's congressional building this past week. Look at this. Of course, the left's first action was to compare these events with January 6th. And folks in our country started calling this an attempted coup and an attack on Brazil's democracy. During the same time, the current president, again, the convicted felon socialist, Lula's police have arrested over 1,500 protesters. They fired tear gas into crowds. They've beaten them with billy clubs. Yes, protesters have been killed by police officers and military down there. Again, this is all at the order of their president. Meanwhile, two days before his term ended, the defeated Bolsonaro flew to Florida. We're told he's been there ever since, leading to a very difficult scenario for their government there, his supporters there, and of course our government, and how we're treating this whole scenario that's happening in Brazil. With the protests currently settling down a bit this week, Lula's gaining momentum on the response to the protests, including personally accusing the former president, Bolsonaro, of instigating these riots. We're told President Biden might help out with this, though, because he, of course, is siding with the current regime that's in control in Brazil. Matter of fact. Matter of fact, um, one article that I didn't bring up was the fact that um, Joe Biden and the CIA worked to install the current communist regime in Brazil. This was all planned. Uh, the U.S. began deporting Brazilian opposition leaders back to Brazil this week. Um, let's see. This was all planned. Back in October, before the runoff election between uh, Bolsonaro and Lula, foreign policy reported how Joe Biden and the CIA were working to ensure Lula win in Brazil. According to reports, Biden personnel from the White House Defense Department, State Department, CIA, all took part in threatening the Bolsonaro administration in rare um, diplomatic meetings. Uh, then they took their false narratives to the corporate media. Top officials from the White House, the Defense Department, State Department, and even the CIA have held meetings and calls with Brazilian officials to try to head off any efforts by Bolsonaro to subvert the results of the country's heated presidential elections. They knew it was staged. They knew people would... Um, rise up against it 
And so they, they had all these different things planned. The diplomatic surge comes as the right-wing populist Bolsonaro faces off against left-wing candidates. So for Team Biden, the diplomatic spade work began even earlier. In July of 2021, just months after entering office, uh, Biden's CIA director, William Burns, traveled to Brazil to meet with senior Brazilian officials. During the meeting, his delegation warned them that Bolsonaro should stop casting doubt on the country's electoral process. It was op the opening gambit in a quiet campaign by Washington to re preempt any moves by Bolsonaro to undermine Brazil's democracy. Current and former officials said a month after Burns' visit, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan visited Brazil to reinforce the same warning. Don't undermine the elections. This June, Biden, uh, the Biden team signaled that the U.S. president had relayed the same message again during his meeting with Bolsonaro at the high-level summit of the Americas meeting in Los Angeles. A month after that, it was U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's turn pushing the chief of the Brazilian armed forces to commit to upholding safe and transparent democratic elections. Bolsonaro, a former Brazilian army captain, has tried to leverage nostalgia for the company's military dictatorship. So they saying the uh, Biden administration expects all candidates to respect and accept the results of the free and fair elections. We have made this clear to Brazilian officials, just as we do concerning elections held in countries around the world. Why do we have any say in what y'all are doing in your country? Do you get to come here? Does Brazil get to send its national security advisor, its CIA, to America to say, you better uphold the results of your elections? Well, and that's, or what? No, but or seriously, what, because what, what? that's what we're looking at. I am envisioning and foreseeing if this goes too far, America will step in and put and and stamp out these protesters. Well, they already are. They're, this is what the CIA does. They subvert. They go in. They don't do it overtly, okay? Yeah. They plant. They, they, they're they like, okay, so what do we do when they protest? Okay, so we get these people. We put them in the buildings. We, we know the people are going to be there. We did this on January 6th. It worked great. It worked smoothly. Well, but one Let's thing that they're do doing here. now that they've not, that they did not do with January 6th, and this, it, it, I find this incredibly almost racist to, to a... a you know, lesser financed nation is to house people in a gymnasium style concentration camp. They, they, they have arrested people and taken them to a prison in the United States. Yes. But to be holding people because it's like, what do we do with these people? We're holding them in a concentration camp. They got all these buses ready. And they told them, well, we're just going to get you out of the city. And then they put them in this concentration camp. This was all planned. This was they knew abduction. exactly what was going to happen. But we did not see that in January 6th. So this was a new tactic. This was, they, they, they built upon. This, they did. They built upon. So be wary if this ever happens in your country. Don't get on the buses. If you didn't, if they didn't, if you didn't get there in that vehicle, don't leave in it. Yeah, don't get on the buses. You know, this is, this is all a setup. This is all a setup. Okay, let's and see. And back to the start of the show. This is stupid. This is dangerous. This is stupid. This is dangerous. Exactly. So um, go ahead and bring us up. This is um, the Brazilian Supreme Court here talking about the censorship. This is, this is Brazilian Supreme Court justice speaking at the biggest TV outlet in Brazil promoting censorship in Brazil. You can just read it. My opinion has been that... We must revisit the topic of freedom of assembly, the modern-day open-air meetings made possible by the use of the Internet, in which large groups of people can meet, say, 300,000 people virtually gathering in the same space. This turns out to be extremely dangerous. When individuals are ill-intended, as we recently observed on January 8th, 
we must discuss this issue and maybe pass a federal law to regulate freedom of assembly. Then it's not free. I believe other changes must we must also make in the capital city of Brasilia. I think we must discuss. Oh, that's it. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Two more videos. Well, one more video, and then we're going to replay the praying video. Uh, for international media, the arrested people are not terrorists. They are innocent singing a Brazilian anthem. All lies from the Brazilian media. This video, uh, there are videos that prove infiltrators from inside. This is from the concentration camp. These people are crying as they're singing, by the way. They know, they've seen what happened to Venezuela. They've seen what happens when a communist takes over so your country. So you want to play this again? One more time, yeah. love their nation yeah and they love god and mm -hmm. they're just trying to preserve it the best way they know how and i'll tell you what what they're doing god is going to turn this around i believe because mm -hmm. what they're doing getting on their knees mm -hmm. they're being forced to be together and when they're together like that to pray yeah. there's nothing more powerful than that yeah uh the same thing came out i don't think you have this one up it was okay. a uh roger stone um, I don't know if I can, I can get it. Just, I just, I think I just retweeted it. You can bring it up. This is, um, the new Dawn magazine. They're kind of a quirky magazine, uh, exploring conspiracies, but they have been banned in New Zealand. Um, and Roger Stone wrote an article, media disinformation experts caught spreading lie to ban magazine in New Zealand. No sooner did the new year ring in, did the corporate state's cancel culture machine kick back in, not satisfied with regulating speech on the web. The establishment in New Zealand has set its sights on canceling print publications as well, this time for the alleged crime of spreading dangerous conspiracies. The gears of censorship have a problem, though, as... Uh, tired epitaphs like conspiracy continue to lose their potency, the cancellation machine is now having to resort to openly lying about the content they seek to ban. In their bid to protect the public from harmful speech, leading the charge was mainstream media outlet uh, Stuff.co.NZ, who dutifully alerted the public on January 3rd that they might be exposed to some dangerous text found in the periodical section of one of the country's leading retail chains. In his article... White Calls Stocks Magazine Peddling Mosque Terror Attack Conspiracy, senior reporter um, Jer uh, Kane explained how during a routine counter-disinformation reconnaissance mission at a local news agent, either himself or a colleague, spied the offending publication, the latest issue of the New Dawn magazine, now targeted for removal from the store's shelves. According to Stuff, the article in question is a short piece located in the back of the magazine on page 70 entitled The Strange Story of Breton Torrent, uh, um, which Kane claims is peddling a number of anti-vax conspiracies and insinuating the Christchurch mosque terror attack was a false flag operation. The key word here is insinuating, which, according to Stuff, meets their fluid criteria of an, for a nationwide band. The image poking fun at masks and jabs 
and the well-worn trust the science mantra so that is the that's being censored there in new zealand so, so switching countries we, yes we're going across the world here Well, we're talking about censorship here yes so i wanted to end with that story there um as like a little bookend on the censorship so we're going to pray for brazil yes um will this week we what do we've got going on this week all right, so tomorrow night, you're going to be right here wherever you're watching us live, whether that's on Rumble or DLive or Clout Hub. Um, we'll also be streaming this on Facebook. We're having our very dear friend on, his name is Jimmy Alexander. He has founded Lazarus Life Ministries, and his testimony of being taken through drugs and pornography and just a life of insanity until he found Jesus is going to change your life absolutely going to change your life so that will be tomorrow night at 7 p.m eastern Jimmy standard is a time friend of ours we met him when we were helping some young men at teen challenge in 2016 and we um took him to plymouth with us that year and he has really done an amazing job it was actually a lot longer than that it was 2014 okay 2014 oops sorry okay wow but he has been he has been fighting the good fight. Yeah. He has he he has taken on the ministry responsibility of when God gives you much, much is required. So yeah. God has given him much grace and forgiveness, and his life has been totally radically transformed. And we had a chance to watch him start a ministry, get married, have children. I yes. mean, it's just been there is life after drugs and heroin. And, and this kind of I hope answers your question a little bit. Barry says Michelle. With respect, can you please tell how God is going to turn this around? Because all I see is the same crimes happening all over the world and nothing happens. From an atheist and a pagan point of view, that's what it looks like. Um, I guess the best way to explain it, I can't tell you how other than God is almighty and he's going to do it. How do I know it? That requires literally aligned to the Holy Spirit. I can <laughs> see things moving and being positioned where we're actually so so here's the deal damar hamlin dies on the field of what i consider to be a pagan um sport <laughs> of of professionalism you know professional sports i'm not a fan i believe it's, it's idol worship god shows up there because people got on their knees and they prayed so down in brazil you're seeing these people getting on their knees and praying anytime the power of prayer is so effectual that they have done scientific studies yeah of the power of prayer literally healing people bringing them back to life and this is from an atheist and paganistic standpoint so how do how does it work how mm -hmm. how does the power of prayer work i don't know mm -hmm. other than i know Right. I can't give you any kind of scientific explanation for I just know because I have seen throughout my life God move. I've mm -hmm. seen him move in nations. I've seen him move in communities. I have seen him move in families. And everything that is happening right now has those same exact telltale markers. OK, you are a uh, an engraver right? You're going to see different things in your line of work because you've experienced it, right? You know what you're doing. You know how to handle things. You know how to, how to move in and, 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 and manipulate metals. The same way a Christian can see things, I'm telling you, that's, there's no other way to explain it other than for you to come to Jesus. Yeah. All right. And then Tuesday, we will be on with Pete Santilli for real this time. Uh. For real this time, actually, yes. So if we're going to do that, then um, 
Yes. And then immediately following. So we'll be live with Pete Santilli. You can find that on Rumble, the Pete Santilli what Show, time? 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. On Tuesday. On Tuesday at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. So right after that, we are going to premiere our most raw and real episode with the Gibson Girls. We're going to delve into Andrew Tate and that whole A Christian's insanity. response to Andrew Thank you. Tate. And we should probably just title it that. Um, but it will be our, our, our latest episode with the Gibson Girls, Tanya Joy and... Tara Harris there. So very excited about that. That's what we've got going on this week. I think we're also going to be on with uh, Dr. John Diamond. I want to say that's on Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. No, uh, Wednesday, right after American Sunrise. So you can tune into American Sunrise at 8.40 a.m. and then on Brideon.tv at 9 o'clock with Dr. John Diamond. We always have a fabulous time with him on Brideon.tv. Um, all right, so we're going to open this package from Jim West. I'm guessing it's a Christmas package, and I could have had it, like, literally already opened ahead of time, um, <laughs> but did not. But this came all the way from the UK. Jim's in the chat. Jim, you weren't here last week, so we didn't open it. Um, I was waiting, and I was asking everybody, is Jim in the chat? Is Jim in the chat? And you weren't there. So um, we did our regular annual Christmas special where we opened up stuff. But listen, I've been getting messages from um, people that are still getting my Christmas cards. Remember Sean and Tracy from the UK? I got a message from her that my Christmas card finally arrived yesterday there to the UK. So um, hi to Sean and Tracy there. All right. I think I got this. I, I'm so glad, Jim, that you did such a good job in wrapping this so that nothing bad could happen to it. Oh, geez. Oh, I know what's wrong. I'm just, I'm doing it. I'm doing it wrong. That's what. Okay. It's supposed to be open the other way. <laughs> Oops. No, this will work. This is good. All right. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it's in a, it's in a box. Is there a card that I should get first, Jim? Or should I just open the box? Just the box. Uh, uh, double check that so that there's not. Okay. This is really adorable, by the way. You've got it in a in a. I think we're good. Box here with Santa. So cute. Christmas. We've learned that Christmas is big in the UK. It's actually bigger than it is in the United States. Okay. Or at least it historically has been. All right. Here we go. Here's the card. I knew there would be one. And I'm not saying that I want to open your package just for the chocolates, but I had <laughs> a sneaking suspicion, Jim, that the uh, chocolates would be in the in the in the package. So and show them again the square cards. I you love guys have these square the cards. British we square always cards. comment on it. We don't. We don't. They're more expensive to mail here, by the way. Oh my gosh! It's got dogs. So cute. The title of the card is Waiting for Santa. That's adorable. Merry Christmas, girls and family. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All the best, Jim West. That rhymed, by the way. That's really good. Did you do that on purpose? Okay. Oh, it's so cute. All right. So you sent some stuff that we've never tried before. So your candies over there are different. So Maltisers. Mini reindeers. Maltisers. Are these going to be like malted covered reindeers? I don't know. Do you want to open up a different one? No, I'll try it. Go ahead. All right. We're going to open up. Oh, here. Okay. Maltizers. Oh. Your candies are different. Your candy. They are different, actually. I think they have, like, less sugar. They do. They have to have less sugar. It's a li It literally is a little reindeer. It's, it's good. Is it good? What? What is it? Is it malted? No. It's got, like, crunchies inside. This is a very UK chocolate. Yeah. You guys did crunchies inside. 
and like a mixture of something. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's not peanut butter. No. Maybe it's malt. It's a nougat. It's a nugget. It's nougat. Yeah. Okay. I think you sent this last time. This is so good. This is um, salted caramel fudge. Salted caramel fudges. Oh, geez. I'm making you're, a mess. You really are. That was a fail. You're that didn't happen live on air. Stop it. A mess. I can't take you anywhere. Okay, open up that one because we've not tried that. Caramel nibbles. Is Jim so, still here? Did he leave? Hopefully he didn't. Oh, they're so they're little. They're oh, little, that's cute. They're, they're little nibbles with caramel inside. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Like a kind of like a little peppermint patty. Mm-hmm. But with caramel and yeah. stuff. I'm still working on the nougat. You're still working on oh, the, the nougat. other one. I like tins. Tea and biscuits gift set. Maltesers are honeycomb inside them. Oh, really? Georgian blended tea and chocolate chunk biscuits. That's we'll really have good. to do that. We'll have to we'll have to make tea. Have tea and biscuits. Let's have very tea. British you thing. know, with the um where's the Her Majesty teacups that he sent? Are they upstairs? They're upstairs. They're upstairs, okay. And then oh wait, wait, wait. These might be different fudges because that's salted caramel fudge and this is an all butter fudge. I've got to open up one of these. All butter fudge. This sounds like it's gonna be so sounds rich. It's gonna be. Really I can't believe Jim left, and I told sugary. him we were gonna open our, his package later. I'm about to send him a message. So this is their their Harrods tea. Let me smell it. It's just tea. It doesn't have like a, uh, like a black flavor. tea blend. Okay. Blend. But this is kind of cool because it's like a tea and biscuits. Biscuits are a big thing there. Whoa. I have a feeling that that's just got to taste just like sugar. No, actually. It tastes like butter and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like butter and sugar. Okay. This looks really fancy. That looks really fancy. So these are all, are these all, is this a deal like Herod's chocolates? No, like, they're not This is a really all. fancy thing here. Okay. Open that. It's got a little ribbon. You'll have to take the ribbon off. I'm passion out of fruit water. and mango truffles. Stop it. Yeah, passion fruit and mango. Jim, are you trying to kill us? Well, it's got fruit. Okay. If you eat chocolate with fruit, then it's healthy. That's what they say anyways. Oh, they're so cute. Oh my gosh. They're so cute. They're painted with like gold. Wait. Can you see that? They're, they're like shimmery. Let me have one. I'm still working. I can't finish that right now. Maybe okay. we should share one they are they're like they they're like something they're dappled in like copper looking something no i'm gonna eat mine i don't know and mango and what is it passion fruit uh-huh mm. oh i don't know oh oh or truffle-y mine's oh that's good mine's mango mine's definitely mango-y that's it's, actually <clears throat> the best thing in this box. That's really, really good. It's a it's a chocolate truffles thing on the inside, but it's got a mango flavor. You guys like to do it's really good. fruit with your chocolate. It's a little weird over here. What's wrong with fruit? Do you ever pick a mango chocolate bar? I didn't think that it, anyone would ever make that combination, frankly. <laughs> it's usually like... Um, Cranberries, as far as I go, or blueberries. No, that's really good. It's not overwhelmingly mangoey. 
It's a hint of mango. A hint it should of say mango. a hint of mango. It should say a hint of mango. All and right, Jim. Fruit. That's always oh. fun. When you guys send us things that are from your country, it's always like multinational, multicultural, and it's always really fun. Thank to see, you, Jim. To see who's the not here. He to left see the, the room. different things that you guys do, like. Um, when we had all like the, the Polish chocolates are really interesting and good. Like I actually went the Polish chocolate, the little Polish, the Polish chocolates have these, like, they're like Kit Kat bars, but like with more layers and they have them at our local jungle gems. And I actually went and bought them because I liked them so much. I went and bought the, the Polish chocolates because they were so good. That's, that's impressive. Don't you remember? I don't we got remember them? you buying them extra. Yeah. They were that good. They had like You must have layers. eaten them all. No, you did too. They were really good. Donna Doolittle, Bo Libby says chocolate covered orange rinds are the best. I'm not sure I've ever had that. No, they've sent them here. No, those are the chocolate. Those aren't chocolate covered orange rinds. Those are just chocolate in the shape of orange with orange flavor. Well, and I learned because uh, we had uh, extra oranges. Uh, Kansas has uh, been making some like marmalade without sugar, just like really boiling down orange juice and not boiling it, but like in a crock pot, like cooking it down. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're not. Please don't talk about your mouthful. I'm just listening. Um, that the reason you know people would give um, sick people orange marmalade with like the citrus peels in it is because it, there's actual health benefits in it. So I, I wonder if there's any health benefits to orange chocolate. Sure. Orange chocolate's a little weird just to me. Just find whatever health properties you can you can out of eating junk food. Yeah, is extremely helpful. Do you guys do dark chocolates over there? Because you guys are really into what... I think you guys are really into milk, milk chocolates. chocolates. Yeah. yeah. Over in the UK. I love this. Thank you so much, Jim. That was really, really fun and fun, worth fun, waiting fun. for. Um, our little bag of goodies now. Oh, wait. There's one more. We missed it. It was leaning up against the side. What oh, is whoa. this? Speaking of orange. Speaking of orange, of This course. is it. Wait a minute. It's literally orange flavored. Intense orange. Oh my gosh. Area. Show them the tone before you open it. You guys are really into orange chocolates. Like, no one has ever sent us a package of chocolates from the UK without orange chocolates. I, know. I don't think. It's called the sharing bar, but you know, this it's not a heavy bar. So it's kind of. They make airy. the chocolates like they have to be like so. Whoa. What is that? Oh. What is that? Whoa. Wait. Wait. Let me... I'm not an orange chocolate it's person. It's foamy. It's like. It's called Aereo. All right. It's got Aereo. What is it? Hmm. Oh, oh that's delightful. Pleasantly orange. That is pleasantly. It just makes you talk British. It's very, um, it's like eating a sponge. It's, it's squishy. and like an orange sponge. The little balls, like you can feel the texture. That's actually really good. I think it's designed. They're specifically designed. They put air in things, nuggets in things. Because ah! they have to keep the sugar down to a certain level per no! serving. I've never had anything like that in my life. I'm going to show you guys this again from the side. The little... It's not crispy. It's, um... It's just they just it's, put air in it. Yeah. It's so light and delightful. Yeah. It's interesting. You know what it reminds me of? It's a sharing bar. In, um, what I would, would it's how they politely tell kids, don't eat this all yourself. The, sh <laughs> the sharing bar or the fun size. Yeah. Well, it's into different pieces. So you're supposed to like, it looks like you're supposed to give it to like all your friends. 
So I've never had anything pretty, like that in my we all life. Just have a little taste. Because each bite, you feel more of the little air pockets. Air pockets of orange. It's actually really good. That's the best orange thing any of you have ever sent. That one right there. Hands down. So good. It's very interesting. I it's, it's so interesting. It, it, that's a, that's Leah's way of saying I'm not a huge fan, but it's neat. I like it. It's neat. I've already had three pieces now. It's neat. It's definitely neat. Intense orange. No, I like it. It's fun. I feel healthy. Okay. You. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I do not feel healthy after eating those chocolate bars, but I do feel quite chocolified. I just made that word up there. Chocolified. Okay, so I do need to tell y'all something though. Yeah. The flannel sheets. Yeah that I have been telling you guys and touting about are on sale. No way. But but you have to follow the link. Follow the link. And then use promo code RC or resistance. So where's the link? I'm going to put it in the description of today's show. Okay. So the sheets that I have been telling you guys about, you can also find, I've been sharing it on all of our um, platforms. So you could like go to, let's say, Frank Social, where you all should be going for... Um, your True social. Frank social. Getter. And, and on Getter. It's on all of those. So let's screen share here and I will show you how to get there. Is it on Facebook? It is also on Facebook. So here is Resistance Chicks. Go to Resistance Chicks on Frank Social or wherever you follow us. Scroll down and in the... Um, okay, on Frank it's a little bit harder to get to, but there we go. Right there. Boom. There's the sheets. $34.98 wow. with the promo code. You can get the flannel ones. Okay. $39.98. For, these are the ones that I have that oh, I love. So when we were trying to tell you guys about them over Christmas, they were $79.99. Ex they're half the price of the sale price. Okay, but you have to follow the link and then you have to enter in promo code RC or resistance and then you can actually get the sale prices. Okay. 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 So okay. that's what you're going to get this week. Yeah. Now, also, but I do have to, I, I have to do this. Hang on. Let me go to Facebook. And I'm logged into Resistance Chick, so it's totally fine to go there. Um, I shared this because our one of our best friends in the whole wide world, his name is Serge, randomly, I had no idea that he was going to do this, randomly made a post about, um, he says, like many of you, I have pillow issues. So we have several pillows on our bed to choose from. In the middle of the night, I reach over and grabbed one that's been on the bed for months, but I've never slept with it. It was glorious he says this morning i checked to see what it was on my pillow he says bruh super highly recommended and because we have such awesome friends michelle and leah svenson they have a code available that can be used for great discounts resistance so i shared that and i said see i ain't lying they even made me a special they made this Aww. and they sent it to me happy valentine's day so what are you gonna get the one you love the most Flannel sheets. And a pillow. And a pillow. It's the and most glorious sleep. Now, listen, back to, let me show you something. Oh, you can't see the comment section there, or I would show it to you because it's on his personal page. One lady, everybody's commenting underneath of this, like, oh my gosh, I agree. My pillow is the best pillow ever. It's the best. Da, 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 da. And at the very bottom, this one lady comments and she's like, I don't care if it's the best pillow in the whole wide world. I am not supporting that man. All the more reason for you guys to be supporting the My Pillow Man. If people on the left hate him so much, so much, then you ought to be sending but him your money. They don't want you to even sleep well. Exactly. You want to get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world. 
visitmypillow.com. Follow the link so you can get the sheets. Otherwise, you can just go to mypillow.com yes. forward slash RC and get the deals there. Last but not least, reminder, go to resistancechicks.com. Click on the banner at the top of the corner there. I guess I shut it down already. And, and and register to win. If you want to come to the Old School Survival Boot Camp in May, you can register yes. to win a free ticket there. So For the whole weekend. Your it's name. a weekend pass. Yeah, just put your name and your email in it, and, and we're going to draw some names at the end of the month. So. I better be getting email notifications because every time you guys fill out those forms, I get one. So I better be getting a ton of those throughout today. Okay, so we can have as many people in the drawing as, as possible. All right, we love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, and we will see you tomorrow night right here live, 7 p.m. for one of the most eye-opening and intimate interviews that you will see us do ever on Resistance Chicks. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Call every day, so afraid But you call my name